Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to a big game day edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Huss and Remo with you, Andrew Patterson, Michael Remus. And uh, tonight, we've been waiting for this one for a while. Center of the universe, Toronto, Ontario. Leafs and Jets tonight, top two teams in Canada going at it. Six o'clock puck drop. We are all over it. John Mattis of The Score is going to join us. Shockingly, not to talk about the Leafs, but in fact, talk about one Kyle Connor of the Winnipeg Jets. He's got a great piece on the most overlooked superstar in the National Hockey League, and he'll jump on in a few minutes. We'll also welcome in our pal Brandon Rowicki, Get Brandon's thoughts on this tilt tonight and um, maybe a little bit of football as well we'll poke in. but um, And then I can't think of a better way to get hyped for puck drop tonight than for the Winnipeg Jets hype man, none other than Jesse Pollock of Bar Down. He'll be making an appearance here on WST in his hometown as we get ready to see the blue and white take on the Winnipeg Jets tonight. I am fired up. Hope you are as well. Welcome to everyone listening to us on the podcast on the way home from work. And shout out to everyone with us live on the YouTube channel. As always, make sure you hit that red subscribe button and uh, do us a solid and hit that thumbs up for the episode. Let's other people discover WST. And for you YouTube viewers that might not be aware, Make sure you search Winnipeg Sports Talk and give us a sub on your favorite podcast platform. So if you're not able to join us live on the video show, you're at least able to listen at uh, your convenience. All right. Huge thanks to the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day as well. Our friends at Princess Auto, Cool Bet Canada, Little Brown Jug, Canadian Club, Culligan Water, Vita Health Fresh Market, Wallace & Wallace, Consolidated Supply, Manitoba Battery, F Apparel, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, and a big why not question of the day coming up from our friends at Not Auto Corp at Waverly and McGillivray. Michael Remus, are you ready to drop the puck tonight or what? I'm fired up. I am itching with anticipation here for tonight. I just finished listening to all of the media scrums from Rick Bonus and uh, Perfetti. Man, there's a lot. There's a lot of media there asking questions and they're trying to learn about this Winnipeg Jets team that has surprised everyone around the NHL as their first in the Central Division. Shout out to the Dallas Stars who blew their 3-0 lead against oh. against San Jose. Uh, yes, the Jets still first place in the Central. That. No one saw this happening, and Canada's two, two top teams going at it tonight. Uh, not quite a hockey night in Canada game. I guess that's kind of good if you prefer the, uh, the Dan and Kevin broadcast but uh i think a lot of eyes and i'm going to be enjoying seeing all the you know toronto media i follow on twitter finally uh giving the jets their due it was quite hilarious to see the uh the crowds around uh the uh, winnipeg jets players today and we're going to hear from rick bonus as well i mean essentially it's like the who's who of the hockey media asking about rick bonus one by one and all these guys having career years that have been huge parts in this great Jets season through 45 games and uh, well, listen, it's no surprise to anyone that watches this show or listens to this show on a regular basis. We've been watching this team through 45 games. 
but they sort of have snuck up on a lot of people around the National Hockey League. And um, it was interesting. I was hearing James Myrtle earlier today with JT uh, over on OB um, speak about something that we have talked about. Who's done a better job this year than Rick Bonus? Well, this is a perfect, perfect opportunity. For those of you that have a Rick Bonus future like yours truly, uh, I don't think that there could be a bigger boost to... Oh, not only his opportunity for Jack Adams, but I mean, if we're talking about Josh Morrissey to be legitimately in that Norris conversation, Connor Hellebuck for the Vesna, a huge game tonight with all these eyes on them would be a massive. But first things first, this is a huge chance for the Jets to reclaim sole possession of first place in the Western uh, Conference. Remo mentioned that Dallas lost last night very quickly. Uh, great for the Jets, terrible for my parlay. We had everything else done. Dallas was up 3-0. And then the Sharks came back with five unanswered to hand them a loss in regulation. So going into tonight's matchup, the Jets are in first place in the Central Division, are in first place in the Western Conference, and do have a game in hand on the Dallas Stars, both tied at 59 points. Meanwhile, the Toronto Maple Leafs, 45 points, same amount of games played, just two up on the Winnipeg Jets with a stellar 27-11-7 record on the year. Uh, and this is going to be a huge test for the Jets, Reem, uh, as the Leafs have been one of the best teams in the National Hockey League on home ice. Uh, their away record is just so-so. I mean, they're 11-8-3. It's certainly not bad. Uh, but downtown Toronto, 16-3-4. Coming off that big comeback win against Paul Maurice's Carolina Panthers on Tuesday. This is going to be a test for the Winnipeg Jets. But as we talked about yesterday, you'd have to think that they'll be motivated, ready to go, looking to bounce back from an ugly night in Montreal. In uh, Well, put it this way, under as much uh, scrutiny and eyes as uh, they'll probably have had all season long. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I saw, yeah, all the big media there, Chris Johnston, you know, Mark Masters there asking questions. So uh, they know this is a big one. I really do think uh, last game they kind of took Montreal a bit easy. Others, we walk in the park, you know, ah, we didn't play our best versus Arizona, but hey, we still won and maybe we can do that again. Or I don't know, is a, we go, we're going with the friends and family narrative. It was homecoming for, uh, for in Detroit for Connor and Con Connor and Connor didn't go well. Minnesota didn't go well earlier, and that was Dubois homecoming. Didn't go, which kind of makes me nervous because Cole Perfetti, they asked him how much family and friends he had, and he said too many, too many to count, which actually is awesome. I think you'll, you know, it's great to see these guys having support and being able to play. It's just a funny coincidence, Hustler, how these friends and family games haven't worked out. But I know the Jets always get up for these games against Toronto. We remember last year, um, and we've talked about it so much. What doesn't Ehlers try to like fight Joe Thornton? One, one game, and, uh, you know, we talked about Spezza kneeing Neil Pionk and Pionk getting up and everyone. I can't wait, and uh, I did see a tweet from Garrett Hull said, who's looking forward to the refs losing control of this game and no penalties <laughs> getting called and both fan bases yelling at each other uh, online. I think it's definitely definitely possible, but I, I'm, I'm fired up for this one. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm fine with that. I'm just pumped for people to be yelling at each other online because of their teams that they support instead yes. of other things that they've been yelling at each other online for the last couple of days about. So uh, let's, uh, let's keep it to hockey tonight and uh, have a great one. And you're exactly right. I mean, the games, and I would say this in some ways sort of started back in that year 
of the pandemic when it was the Canadian division, when all of a sudden, instead of seeing these teams a couple times a year, you're seeing them eight and 10 times a season. Um, but really it dates back to the Pionk incident, the, uh, the hit then the, uh, the flying knee from Spezza, which honestly, unfortunately has sort of been somewhat of a turning point for Neil Pionk, uh, because of course, after, before that he had had such a brilliant season for the Winnipeg Jets, extended his contract with the club and, uh, you know, at times he's, he's been very up and down, shall we say. Um, and I think a lot of people sort of look back to that moment, but there was a little bit of animosity. There's a lot of anticipation for this one tonight. And certainly if the Winnipeg Jets were planning on mixing in a statement game somewhere along the line, I think their fans would love nothing more than for it to be tonight. Now let's get to, uh, first of all, and we'll hear from Rick bonus on this. Take this all with a grain of salt folks. Because it does sound like the Winnipeg Jets are going to start tonight's game. And I I emphasize start the game with the lines that they were working on yesterday in practice, which is Blake Wheeler playing alongside Connor and Dubois, Morgan Barron and Nikolai Ehlers on the wings with Mark Shifley, Adam Lowry, Saku Menelainen, and Cole Perfetti on the left side on that third line, and standing in the middle of uh, Sam Gagne, who returns to the lineup, and Carson Kuhlman, Axel Janssen, Fjallby, odd man out when it comes to the forwards tonight. And as far as the defense goes, and I know Dylan Sandberg was kicking around this morning, but it does look like Billy Hanel is getting back in. Uh, and, and certainly for him on a personal level, after a real rough night in Montreal, uh, a great opportunity for Billy um, to get back to uh, being the player that... Um, you know, I think he'd really earned a lot of confidence from the coaching staff over his previous recent starts with the Winnipeg Jets. So Hanela with Schmidt, Dylan with Pionk, Morrissey DeMello, and there's no doubt, Remo, who's going in the blue paint for the Winnipeg Jets in a big game like this. It's the guy that is the backbone of this franchise, Connor Hellebuck. Oh, yeah, there's no no doubt about it, Hassan. You know, it's kind of funny how the schedule worked out. You thought, uh, you know, he played, what, Ridge played the back-to-back Friday, and we had discussed, well, do they go with Riddich against Sunday against Arizona, who, you know, you would want to start your backup against. And then you also had Montreal, who's a, a bottom team as well. But Hellbuck uh, is, what, third straight here since the back-to-back. And um, I don't know when Riddich is going to get in next. But, hey, you got the All-Star break coming up soon. So everyone's going to be getting some rest at that time. So, yeah, you want, Hel- of course, Hellbuck going, uh, going for uh, the Jets. And it's Ilya Samsonov going. For Toronto, who came in in relief the other night after Matt Murray gave a what was like four on eight shots against the Florida Panthers in that crazy game. So, um, uh, again, I think it's going to be, uh, you could see some goals tonight. Uh, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. Or you see Hellbuck stand on his head. I, I don't know, but uh, I think this is going to be exciting. Uh, either way, Huss. Sam Sonoff, by the numbers, has, has been the uh, been the guy for the Leafs so far this season. Now, he and Matt Murray, Matt Murray have pretty much evenly split games, uh, but Sam Sonoff has slightly better numbers. Certainly a great record, 13-4-1. He's got a 224 goals against average and a save percentage of 916. Uh, Matt Murray had been having a phenomenal season as well. Um, he's at a 911. That's after a 500 save percentage last game. So certainly those numbers took a little bit of a hit. But regardless of who's in net, I mean, playing at their best, certainly the Winnipeg Jets have a bit of a an advantage in goal. Uh, but you might need that going up against a team that boasts some of the best offensive players in hockey. 
led by Mitch Marner, 54 points through 45 games. William Nylander really turned into a star, sort of thought of as a secondary star by some in Toronto. Not the case this year. 24 goals leading the Toronto Maple Leafs and 50 points in 45 games. And, and of course, there's Austin Matthews, still <laughs> one of the best in the world. 43 games, missed a couple recently, 49 points so far. And John Tavares, a point-a-game player as well. Um, a very interesting matchup between two teams, uh, both with some of the top offensive players in the league. And then we can't forget about Josh Morrissey. And this is a great chance for Morrissey to, um, you know, continue his push to move from Morrissey to Norrissey um, under the bright lights of uh, Toronto. Let's hear from Rick Bonus first off because there was plenty of attention on the guy we call Bones last night. We'll start it off with four, Remo. Um, here's Bones on uh, the matchup tonight in Toronto against the Leafs. Well, listen, this, gonna, this should be a great hockey game. They've got a very impressive uh, road record. I know Sheldon and his staff have done a great job and, and they're cutting down their goals and chances again. So uh, we're going to have to work for everything we get. Uh, we take pride in our goals against as well. So uh, it, should be, it, should, it should be a very entertaining game because they can score and we've got some guys that can score. So these are one of those games that, uh, you know, coming in here only once a year, you should get very excited about, and uh, and we all are. All right, so uh, we knew the fans were excited, and from all accounts, the coach, very honest that uh, his team is as well. Now, um, listen, a lot of the talk was about tonight's game and about a certain number of players, but right off the bat, there's a lot of questions to uh, Bones about how he's gotten this hockey team to this spot in the season, considering the mess that he came into in the offseason. And uh, here's Bones on what he was trying to change when he was hired as coach of the Winnipeg Jets. We just noticed uh, when you look at analytics, uh, how many grade A's they gave up in the front of the net. And we've tried very hard to clean that up. There's been some games where we uh, we haven't been as good and Montreal comes to mind. But for the most part, uh, we've, we've cut down on the grade A's in front of our net, which we try to do. The, um, we're giving up probably some more outside shots than we've than we're happy with, but we're willing to do that as long as we're protecting the front of the net and uh, not giving them those rebounds and walking right down the middle of downtown to get those great A's. So that's going to happen against really good teams, and it's going to be happening when you're just off your game a little bit. But for the most part, uh, we put a lot of focus on that. All right, Bones. Uh, you know, it certainly was obvious to everyone that watched this club last year that. Need to tighten up the defense, get better, especially in front of the net. And uh, for the most part, some games notwithstanding, the team has done that. And they'll certainly need to do that against Marner Matthews and the high-octane Leafs coming up tonight. Um, Bones also talked about the importance of communication with players and how he has done that right from the get-go when he got the job and how that's affected the performance of the club so far. Uh, I've always put a lot of focus on that from the first day I got into coaching uh, a long time ago. <laughs> we won't go there. Um, but that's always been very, very important to me. And I always said when I got, when I retired as a player, I got into coaching. I was going to coach the way I wanted to be coached. And communication was a big part back in when I played. The, the communication between a coach and especially a borderline player like me wasn't very, it wasn't very good. And I was determined to get in when I got into coaching that I would make sure that that never happened. And again, you're having tough conversations with 
with players sometimes, in which they you don't they don't want to hear some of the things you're saying, but it's better to be said and be clear with your message than to keep it inside and have that gray area with the players. So this is what I do when I just communicate. I talk to the players as much as I can. When I see something I don't like, I we immediately address it so it doesn't become a bigger issue, and we certainly give them a lot all kinds of positive feedback as well. All right, so there's uh, Rick Bonus on uh, a little bit of the the job that he's done communicating with players, and um, here's another interesting one from Bones that he was essentially asked, "Why has everything that he's done this year worked so well with this hockey club?" It goes back to the players buying in. You, you got to remember, our players are very proud, and they were very disappointed how last season went, and they wanted to put that behind them, and they wanted changes. So we gave them changes, and they wanted more of a voice in the locker room. We gave that to them. We gave them a couple of changes in the way they play. But the biggest thing is that they were they were hurt by how they were perceived last year in terms of the culture. They were hurt by their their play, and they so they give the players all the credit because they came back in the, the training camp with the right attitude. They wanted to win. They wanted to prove last year was a one-off and that they were a much better team and, and a much tighter team than the perception was of last year. All right, there's an interesting quote from Bones just on, um, you know, the level of pride that this team has and how it was shaken. And uh, listen, I mean, it, it goes to this man pressing all the right buttons. But at the end of the day, it's the players that get the job done on the ice. And... Um, I think he he touched the right buttons with those players as far as challenging them to be better. Um, but also a lot of it started inside. And and those players, the star players of the Winnipeg Jets, of course, were um, front and center today as well. And Remo, we're going to get to some of this. It, it is funny, though, hearing Rick talk about that. And, and again, we've spoken so much about this on this program. I mean, on a daily basis, as we've seen it game after game after game. Um, but the fact that Rick Bonus is able to talk about this now into the second half of the season with the Jets in first place in the West, um, it really does speak to the job that he's done, but also credit where credit is due. It isn't just one guy coming in and turn this around. Everyone has bought in. I think every Winnipeg Jet has done more to be a great teammate and to be part of a good team as opposed to a good individual this season. Yeah. And you have to wonder if, you know, they were only able to have such a great year this year because last year was so bad. So it was the fuel to the fire. Um, they didn't want to have a repeat and give you that internal motivation. Hey, we, you know, we need to be better this year because before the season, uh, wasn't there conversations, you know, that they, you know, they made these additions on defense. So they already had the division locked up and, uh, Wheeler's like said before, you know, paper doesn't mean uh, shit or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that, I believe that, that was the quote. Was that the quote? And and he was very correct on that. And he was very correct. So I think, you know, because, you know, it was so bad, they have been able to rebound and use that as fuel. They also, you know, you look at this roster, it's so talented. I mean, there's so many players. I mean, they, sh they put up this power play now with Connor, Ehlers, Dubois, Shifley, Morsi. I mean, these are all all-star caliber players, if you ask me. They can all have elite shots and can pretty much score uh, from just about anywhere, most of them. So, I mean, this is a good team. I don't know what happened last year, but Rick Bonus has come in and pushed all the right buttons, and everyone is having a career. And it's great that, you know, Center of uh, Canada or the Media Center of Canada is now finally having to talk about it because they're visiting.
Well, and you know, you've, the funny thing is we talked about, uh, you know, Rick Bonus uh, on a grand scale, talking about how disappointing last season was challenging the players to buy in and be better and getting the results they've done so far this season. On a micro scale, I think we can say the exact same thing about Tuesday night in Montreal, how disappointing that was and a real challenge to come up and be better. And hopefully that will turn the Winnipeg Jets into the team that humbled the Pittsburgh Penguins for 60 minutes last Friday in Pittsburgh when they dropped the puck tonight. Uh, one guy that isn't having a career year is Nikolai Ehlers only because he's been injured for most of the year. But man, since he's back, has he been um, effective and exactly the guy we all expected. 13 points in nine games so far for Nikolai Ehlers, who, as we mentioned, looks to be starting the game with Mark Scheifele and Morgan Barron. Uh, but Bones talked about Ehlers, how he's gotten up to speed after the injury and his contributions as of late for Winnipeg. No, he, he's missed a significant amount of time. We didn't expect him to step in and, and be 100%. And, um, he spent some time with him this morning and just some video and things. He, listen, he's got elite speed. And again, he's one of those players... Uh, a lot of players have elite speed, but they have to slow up a second and make the pass or make the shot. Nick doesn't. He can make high-end plays and high-end shots at full speed. So uh, the rest of the game, but yeah, you're, you get rusty with your reads and your timing and responsibilities, and that's what we're working with him. So uh, he's where we thought he'd be after missing a, the sig a significant amount of time that he did. There's Bones on Ehlers. Ehlers, Shifley, and Barron starting off tonight's game. Um, and listen, we'll talk about the lines, talk about the defense pairings, but as we all know, it starts with the guy in the blue paint. Connor Hellebuck's been brilliant right out of the gate and throughout the season for the most part, with the odd exception. He'll be in the net tonight, and uh, Bones talked about his goaltender to the assembled media this morning. In my first conversation with Connor, I, I did tell him that we're going to try to make life a lot easier for you and cut down on those great A's. Now, uh, again, some, we're willing to give up some outside shots um, to improve what's going on in front of him. But I think he'd be better to tell you than I am that, okay, the difference between last year and this year, I wasn't around. All I know is we're trying to make life a lot easier for him. He doesn't have to make the the, the, the great A saves 15, 20 times a night. And I think we've done a significant job of that, as I'd mentioned, but he would be, he would be give you a better answer and what's going on in front of him. There's so many guys in that sort of, that don't go into that 50, 60 range anymore in terms of goalies, but if you're giving them less work during the games, do you feel more comfortable playing them more games? And, yes, and, yeah. yeah. Well, one thing we do, and work very close with Wade Flaherty, our goalie coach, is we give them managing the schedule of not only the goalie but your whole team but with the amount of games that we play today uh, is, is a significant part of our job. So I work very close with Wade on making sure that Connor gets his, uh, he gets the proper amount of rest and, and the proper amount of work so you're not getting too much time off. But if, if we can cut down on the quality of chances and the, the workload when he's playing, it's a lot easier to give him those days off and help him recover for the next time. But he's a workhorse and if you ask him, he'd want to play every night. And uh, but we're not going to let that happen. What not yet. That? Not yet. Yeah. Well, he's not playing every night, but he sure as hell is in the net tonight, going up against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Of course, you speak of Connor Hellebuck. That's Rick Bonus, Winnipeg Jets head coach. And it, 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 Remo, we were just saying off air. This sort of feels like a a season update, if you will, on the entire hockey club, um, with a lot of people getting their first chance to see the Jets in person and talk to a guy, which. 
should be at or at least near the top of the Jack Adams conversation um, in Rick Bonus. And Hellebuck has been the guy for a long time. Josh Morrissey has turned into the guy and one of the top defensemen in the National Hockey League this year. It wasn't surprising at all that there were a few questions about Morrissey. Here's what Bones had to say to the Toronto media about 44 on the blue line. He's having a career year. And he's just as I told him when I talked to him in the summer. I remember coming in with Dallas and being very impressed with him that his elite skating and his hockey IQ and his skills. So uh, when we had that conversation, I said, We're going to get you back to that player that I remember coaching against and pre scouting against. And he's got the green light uh, offensively to go lead the rush, uh, jump in on the four check. Like he's such an elite skater. Um, he can he can forecheck and he can still be the first guy back. Uh, so, but I trust him uh, against the best players in the league, and he's having a career year. And he, he's just he will keep getting better. All right, so there's Rick Bonus on uh, the Jets uh, All Star, Josh Morrissey on the blue line. Uh, Mark Shifley, uh, I don't call Perfetti's going to have a lot of friends and family there. Shife will as well, being a another Ontario guy, and of course we all remember Shifley's. Uh, Locker room chant. There's nothing like beating the Leafs. Well, um, Rick Bonus talked about 55 and a great season so far with quite a bit of goal scoring from uh, the Jet Center. Sorry, I labeled this one wrong, Huss. This was actually about uh, Dubois' great season. My bad. Ah, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Obviously, but, we know he's been uh, rolling with uh, with Kyle Connor throughout the year. Here's what Bones had to say on uh, big number 80 in the middle. I'd say the biggest difference is that his he's become a very solid two-way player. I think his defensive play is underestimated and uh, overlooked. Yeah, he's putting up uh, numbers that show he's on pass, uh, pace for a career year, and that's great. But m- more importantly to our team is what he's doing with, without the puck. Uh, you watch him in Arizona, he's big, he's heavy, he gets back, he takes pride in that. So he's become a real 200-foot player, a real solid defensive player. So the numbers that you're seeing, uh, we're happy with, and we expect to see those. But we love seeing the improvement in his play without the puck. All right, so there's a little bit of bones on Dubois. All right, um, let's get to tonight's game, though. I mean, there was a lot of catch-up by a lot of people there on what the Jets have done through 45 games, focusing on game number 46 tonight in Toronto. Bones spoke about the injuries and how his lineup looks going into puck drop this evening. Uh, Stanley would be the closest. Right. Uh, Gus is just skating today for the first time. Mason is still a ways away, but I would say Logan is the closest guy. So we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> no, it's just uh, no. But he, is, that, he, is the lineup going to be the Lions? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> In other words, I'm not answering your question. Um, I know what I want to do. No, just to give it a different look. We're on the road. Uh, we don't get last line change. Give him some big physical guys that can help him defensively. Uh, and help help him protect the puck in the ozone, give him a little extra room. So we'll, we'll take a look at that. All right. I <laughs> had to laugh. Uh, and I mean, we had said this yesterday. We'll see how long these lines go. And Bones was the first one to say, I don't know, Remo, what is the over-under on how long these lines, like will these lines be intact at the beginning of the second period? No, there's no, there's no chance. Uh, like two shifts max. Like what? I don't know. What do you think? They got Perfetti, Lowry, Metalinen. Like, I don't think that's lasting. Uh, I listen. I think it all depends on how uh, how things go. I mean, 
usually when you're shaking your lines up, things aren't going that well. I would, I would hope that maybe they will get off to a good start. By the way, shout out to Brady and chat. Brady, game over Winnipeg. I know they're going to have uh, the Don, Steve Dangalon, the CEO with them uh, on their post-game show tonight. Good luck with that. Check that out if you haven't seen it uh, seen it yet. Um, so these are <laughs> these are the lines. I, I really think that there's some real potential with Wheeler playing with Connor and Dubois. Um, and Shifley and Ehlers, we know, Reem, is the co- combination that I think can work. I guess the big question is, it could be as simple as just a swap of Baron and Perfetti after a few shifts to see how things are going. Certainly, I mean, I think Baron and the way he's playing brings something that Perfetti doesn't to that line. Um, and certainly Rick Bonus isn't telling us exactly why he's thinking of that move. Um, but I wouldn't at all be surprised to see Perfetti, as you mentioned, get some more ice time in that top six and maybe hopefully send uh, all of his friends and family home happy, even though they're probably mostly Leaf fans for life. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I mean, I could see them keeping Connor Dubois-Wheeler and just swapping Baron-Perfetti. I think they like the Baron-Lowry combo and Baron-Lowry men line, and that is a big, strong third line. And, you know, Perfetti-Shafley and Shafley played pretty well before. Maybe you're a bit small there with Perfetti and Ehlers uh, on the wing, but Ehlers is so good, you hope that he has the puck in the offensive zone the whole time anyway. Um, maybe, I don't know. Some people are saying in chat, like, 20 minutes. Um, they make it last, but we'll see. It's, you know, his his laugh there. Bones doesn't laugh too often <laughs> when talking clip. about the lines. So it leads me to believe that um, they were kind of just screwing around and seeing what worked, and you know maybe they'll give it a go here. And they're not afraid to switch back to what worked against Pittsburgh. Uh, speaking, um, of Pit- yeah, uh, go go ahead. I was gonna say speaking of Pittsburgh, they lost to Ottawa yesterday. Maybe they're you know this win against Pittsburgh. Not looking as good as maybe it did just with the way they play. I know they're missing Latang and have some injuries, but uh, the Jets did play play awesome. It's a, it, it, listen, it wasn't about. I mean, listen, I guess it was a little bit about who they were playing, mm-hmm. but it was about how they played. And, and and let's face it, that game was coming off of the Buffalo game. Yes, that's true too. I mean, <laughs> it, that was night and day. And I still maintain. And Rick Bonus said himself, "I'll take his word for it. Maybe their best game of the season." If only they could pull that off tonight. Wouldn't that be nice? Remo, we'll maybe play a little bit of Perfetti later on and some more Shifley, but let's just get number three. I do want to get this out because, uh, as I mentioned before, Mark Shifley, um, you know, being a Southern Ontario kid, um, what was it a couple years ago, the infamous victory uh, game. I guess that was Blake Wheeler's 1,000th game, if I'm not mistaken. The same day the Bombers won that West Final against the Riders, to send them to the great cup and one of the great double headers in Winnipeg sports history. Um, but it is a special game when kids from that area play the Leafs and Mark Schleifley was uh, just simply asked about um, tonight's matchup and how special it is for him to go up and uh, try and pull two points out of downtown Toronto. Yeah, they're, they're a fantastic team. Um, you know, they've, they've been awesome this year, even with, you know, the injuries that they've, uh, they've had and, um, you know, we got to be ready. You know, they're 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 playing well. Um, you know, obviously, you know, anytime you get to play the Leafs is fun, and you know, to get to play in Toronto in front of friends and family is always great. So, um, you know, hopefully, we can uh, you know we can have a good showing tomorrow. Last time you beat these guys, I think in the dressing room they posted that video. You know, nothing better than beating the Leafs guys. You know, what? Why does it feel? What is it about the rivalry? Feel that way? 
you know, I think for me, you know, a, you know, a kid in Kitchener, um, you know, a lot of Leafs fans. So I think that, that, that that's that's what it is for me. Um, you know, obviously they get a, they get a lot of attention, uh, you know, nationally, um, you know, and, and rightfully so. You know, they have a, they have a lot of a lot of fantastic players um, that are fun to watch. Um, but you know, for me, it's you know, a Kitchener kid. Now down the road, I always get my friends and family to come to the game, and uh, you know, to, to beat the Leafs, you know, it feels it feels great. Obviously, every win feels great, but you know, to beat a to beat a team that a lot of my a lot of my buddies root for is uh, you know, is a good feeling. There you go. Great stuff from Mark Shafley on uh, what has turned into a little bit of a rivalry, although, you know, only playing a couple times a season in the regular calendar. Um, you know, it makes these games that much bigger, although I think we would all agree would be nice to add a little bit more Canadian content into the schedule, even for teams in opposite conferences. Um, amazingly, we've gone through a half hour talking about all these games with almost a minimal mention of Kyle Connor. And um, we're going to get to Kyle Connor in a minute, <laughs> but we do have some breaking news. We had some fun with Paul Maurice's uh, post-game quotes yesterday on the program. And uh, Remo, apparently the hand of justice from the National Hockey League has slapped Pomo on the wrist. Uh, shout out to Lyndon in chat who uh, tipped us off here. Uh, the NHL PR tweeting out that Florida Panthers head coach Paul Maurice has been fined 25000 for comments about officiating during media availability uh, following yesterday's game in Toronto on Tuesday. They announced the money will go to the NHL Foundation. I guess the coaches don't have a union to limit fines to like 5000 I was just about like to say. It's, it's amazing. Like you can punch a guy in the head or like what, cross check him in the back of the head. 2500 Yeah, 2500 fine. Oh, say something that's probably justified about the officiating. Um. Yeah, twenty five. They'll they'll throw the book at you twenty five thousand. If only they had those fines for players. Us. Uh, holy crap. That is. Can a, we get comment from Francois Saint Laurent on this on this fine, please, right now? Yeah. To, uh, <laughs> WST. Yeah. Here's a, a great rivalry in the NHL. Pomo and Francois Saint Laurent that goes back many years. We hit on that yesterday on the program. Um. But as I said, we haven't talked a lot about Kyle Connor, and unfortunately. Not enough people outside of Winnipeg have been talking about Kyle Connor. That seems to be changing, though. John Mattis of The Score has got a great piece at thescore.com. We're going to have him on the program with us in just a second. Before we do that, though, folks, I know it's beautiful outside right now. The cold is coming, though. I hate to tell you. Is your car ready for it? Uh, well, you better have a good battery that's going to get you through this Manitoba winter, even though it's been pretty nice so far. And Manitoba battery is there for you if you need a new one. If you're wondering if your battery's going to last through it, pop by, get a free test. It'll be quick and easy. Donnie's amazing staff at Manitoba Battery will do that for you. And if you need one, you can get one at the best price in town right there at Manitoba Battery and be confident that you won't be that guy calling a buddy for a boost or a tow later on. And if you're at home knowing that you need a battery, Save time, save money, shop local with Manitoba Battery. All you need to do is give them a call or go online and order at manitobabattery.com by 3 p.m. and they'll deliver it to you citywide the same day. Pretty easy. They're the battery experts at Manitoba Battery, a great local company, saving you time and money at manitobabattery.com or give them a call for all of your battery needs. A uh, big shout out to our friends at Consolidated Supply. 
I was going to make a golf course joke because, of course, we know how much Consolidated Supply does in the golf industry as the club car dealer and, you know, making artificial putting greens in backyards, artificial turf, irrigation, um, because, of course, the Jets are playing the Maple Leafs that know a thing or two about golfing. But I will refrain from that and just remind you that if you are thinking about a great project or improving your property, landscaping, or your backyard, Consolidated Supply is the place to go in addition to everything they do in the golf world. They've also got hot tubs, outdoor kitchens, and more. It's all there on their website at cte.ca. Your best bet might be to pop down, see Joe Spicy and the gang. They are open to the public, 1395 Niaqua Road East, or check Consolidated Supply out online, as I mentioned, at their new relaunched website at cte.ca. Uh, Nomination still open for our unsung hero with Josh Morrissey and our friends at Wallace and Wallace. We're looking for you, Winnipeg Sports Talk listeners, to tell us about Winnipeggers and Manitobans making a difference in their community through volunteerism, spending their time, whether it be time, money in charitable uh, causes or helping out within the school program, minor hockey, and other sports programs. We know there's so many people that selflessly give so much of their time without expecting anything back. We want to recognize some of those people. And our unsung hero for each month will get an autographed Jets jersey from all-star defenseman Josh Morrissey. And Wallace & Wallace is going to donate $500 to the Dream Factory, of which Josh is a spokesperson for, in the name of the Winnipeg Sports Talk listener that nominated the unsung hero. And Josh and Margot Morrissey are going to match that to make it an even $1,000. So send us your nominations for the unsung hero in your community at unsunghero at winnipegsportstalk.com. And just before we get to John Mattis, uh, of course, it is nice outside, but people still dealing with the flu, flu, cold, sore throats. The best thing you can do is be proactive. Get on down to Vita Health Fresh Market. Talk to the experts there about some great immunity products and the best selection of uh, natural supplements, groceries, and more available at a great locally owned company that's been doing it for over 70 years. And, you know, with flu season here and people battling those colds and sore throats, the hottest product that we get rave reviews in the chat every time I mention it is Colflex Oregano Spray, made locally by Inatech Nutrition. You can pick it up at Vita Health Fresh Market and uh, hopefully be as close to 100% as possible throughout this season. Vita Health Fresh Market also has some great non-alcoholic beverage options if you're celebrating a sober January and some great vegan and plant-based products for people doing Veganuary. Vita Health Fresh Market, seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, and you can check out everything they've got going on their fully shoppable website online at myvita.ca. All right, Rowicki coming up. We'll get hype for the game tonight with Jesse Pollock, a bar down. But right now, let's welcome in John Mattis from The Score to talk a little bit about tonight's game and the National Hockey League's most underappreciated star, Kyle Connor. John, it's great to have you on Winnipeg Sports Talk. How are you? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on. Big game field tonight, I'm sure, around your area right now. I mean, obviously, the Leafs are always big news, but, um, man, the resurgence of the Winnipeg Jets this season, I think, has uh, a little few more eyes maybe on the quote-unquote center of the universe tonight when these two teams drop the puck. Well, and it's kind of nice to see, to be honest, because 
uh, with Winnipeg, I mean, since they went on that playoff run, whatever, three, four, five years ago, it's been a bit of a winding road here, right? So for them to be not only in a playoff position, but pushing for that top seed in the Western Conference, that's that's significant. And especially while Calgary and Edmonton are sort of flailing in the wind and trying to latch on as wildcard contenders, um, you don't want to go into the playoffs with what? Just two Canadian teams? But if you will... Uh, end up in that situation I guess Toronto and and Winnipeg being as proficient and prolific as they've been this season um, I guess there's worse scenarios well the funny thing is I mean there is some suspense and there'll be some excitement and scoreboard watching and standings watching in the west we can pretty much put playoff tickets on sale right now for a first round matchup between the Leafs and the Lightning again that I'm not sure that's great for the market or for the National Hockey League but that's where uh, that's where things are right now certainly for the blue and white well it's yeah it it makes the last whatever 30 something games of the season a bit of a drag and I also wonder though and, and this is more interesting than than not interesting is how does this affect the deadline as far as what Toronto does? Like, are they zeroed in on Tampa and we need to game plan to beat Tampa or are they thinking more big picture? Let's not worry about Tampa. Let's worry about ourselves and maybe even worry more about Boston. Um, And then on the other side, does Tampa look at over at Toronto and go, how do we beat Toronto? Um, Because even though they're this juggernaut that's built a dynasty, essentially um, they can't take their foot off the pedal. So uh, I think the deadline will really, really be fascinating from the perspective of both those teams well and the funny thing about the Leafs is and I mean I think everyone realizes this they're only going to be measured by what happens in the postseason I mean the regular season is almost an afterthought um fairly or unfairly and for a guy like Kyle Dubas he will be judged on whether they can get out of the first round if they lose again um even to a great team after a good season um, you probably will see some significant changes. So while normally you're planning for the long haul in the two months, I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle Dubas spent a little bit more time focusing on who they'll likely be playing in that first round. Well, and at some point you got to go like fully all in, right? They have made these deadline deals, you know, Nick Foligno, that didn't work out. Um, a couple of other guys over the past few years, but like it's en- enough waiting, enough sort of, limiting yourself to only players who have multiple years on their contract. I know it's a really good draft and parting ways with a 2023 first rounder is, is difficult, but with the core that you have and Matthews nearing uh, extension territory, you're, you're running out of time. You're running out of runway. And it, and it all sort of happened pretty quickly. I mean, I guess, you know, if you talk to Leafs fans, maybe it's been excruciatingly long, but um, there was a time when, you know, Tavares had just joined the fold. You know, these young guys had just signed their extensions. Well, guess what? Those extensions are are nearing the end. So this year is just monumentally important. And honestly, if they get past the first round, if we're being realistic, Dubas probably keeps his job, like, just because you've moved that needle forward. Um, it's sad that that's the bar with, with the, the amount of talent they have on their roster, but... That's probably what's going to be the case, and I think it's possible that they they, they went around. I mean, they have to at some point. It's yeah, just, listen, it's they are the so law good. of averages, right? I'll say this as well: if you're talking about extending Matthews and keeping guys around, might be nice to mix in a small bit of postseason success before that happens as well. Yes. That being said, before people go nuts in the chat, 
we're actually not here to talk about the Leafs. We're here to talk about the Jets. And credit to you, John, for being one of the few people outside of the market who's been paying attention to the Winnipeg Jets and noticing what our guy Kyle Connor has done. If you go to the score.com right now under the NHL section, the piece is called In Appreciation of Kyle Connor, the NHL's Perennially Overlooked Star. So there's a lot of star power in this game tonight and in the league right now, but I have to agree. Um, we know him very well here. He's been getting people out of their seats for years, scoring at an incredible rate, but he isn't well known around the National Hockey League, and you touched on that in your piece in the score. Yeah, it's really one of those things where, uh, just to give you some background on how I approach this story, was I get these uh, reports from Sport Logic, and they run through, you know, cycle chances, forecheck chances, rush chances, et cetera. And he would, you know, be sprinkled in the top 15. And I'm like, okay, you know, Connor's having another good year. The the goals haven't been up to his normal standard, but he's still producing us. And then I would look over to the primary assists, and he's tied for seventh you know, right now with Josh Morrissey of all people in the entire league at basically a half a primary assist a game. And I'm going, Hmm, does anyone ever talk about his playmaking? I would say no. And then I go, huh, does anyone ever talk about Kyle Connor period out of outside of Winnipeg? And the answer is, is basically no. Right. So that just got me the, the wheels turning, if you will, in my head. And I uh, went down to Buffalo last week and, and talked to some jets players, talked to Rick bonus and got a feel for, you know, what their perspective is on Kyle Connor and why he's overlooked. Uh, and, uh, you know, just dug into, like, exactly what he's done. I mean, uh, he ranks sixth amongst all NHLers since his first full season, 2017-18, in goals. That's phenomenal. I mean, who's ahead of him? Ovechkin, Matthews, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Pasternak. Okay, those are absolute studs, superstars every day of the week. Um, but... And then it's Connor. And then after Connor, Stamkos, McKinnon, Ranton, and Tavares, Debrinkit. So one, aside from Debrinkit, we can leave him out of the conversation because he's at the end. But of the other nine, Connor is kind of the odd man out as far as, you know, name recognition across the league, as far as um, just kind of if you were walking down the street and asking a random fan, you know, who, who's part of this top 10, I think they'd leave out Connor. Um and I don't, I'm not saying he should be part of this, you know, top class of, of offensive stars, you know, Matthews, McDavid, et cetera. But I think he should be in that second tier. And I feel like he's treated like he's either in the third or fourth tier. Well, I'll tell um, you what, so, he's pushing that top tier. I yes. mean, and you saw the goal. I mean, last year flirting with 50 goals. And and this year it's been it's been really interesting, John, in that you, know, you said the goals weren't there. They certainly weren't at the start. He started off with only two goals in his first 14 games, but at the same time was still being very dangerous, was still being productive, was still helping his team win. And then it was almost like a dam. You knew it was going to break. And right now at times he is like a shark in the water where you see the blood coming. You almost know that that red light is going to be turned on. And, you know, the momentum that he and the team has had, especially going into a game tonight where people – in Toronto will actually be paying attention to the Winnipeg Jets, and that includes most of the uh, the national and the hockey media. This is a huge opportunity to sort of remind people many of those numbers that you just mentioned. And, of course, he's just coming off his 200th goal, um, which he scored against the Montreal Canadiens. So uh, I'm not sure that this team, I mean, to call it a coming out party would maybe be a little ridiculous considering yeah. he has 200 goals. He's, you know, he's done all of the things. However, um, 
he, in a lot of ways, is represents his team, I think. A lot of people, maybe they weren't expecting this. It kind of caught them by surprise, and all of a sudden, they're here. No, that's. I think that's actually a really good way to frame it, is, is Kyle Connor being the representative. And um, obviously, there's some tremendous success stories on, on the Jets this year. You know, Morrissey, as I mentioned, with, with the amount of points he's putting up and just being unleashed, if you will, uh, by Rick Bonus, that's been really fun to watch. Connor Hollabuck in the conversation for the Vesna Trophy. So even in this year where you, you look at Connor and go, okay, time to give this guy a little bit of a shine, uh, there's two other guys that are kind of overshadowing him. And I think that's part of the reason why he hasn't, we'll say, popped uh, across the league as far as uh, getting that that notoriety. You know, there used to be Dustin Bufflin, you know, Patrick Laine, and then obviously Shifley, Wheeler, Ehlers. All these guys, in one way or another, have distracted us from Kyle Connor. Um, you know, with Bufflin, it's the personality and and the big hits. You know, with Laine, was a shot and, and the personality and just sort of a, a soap opera of sorts in, in some ways in terms of him being injured or on or off or cold or hot. Um, so that's, I think, affected it too. Um, and then also Connor, you know, there's a few things about him that I think are very unassuming. I mean, you talk to anyone that knows him on a personal level and they'll say like pretty basic guy, uh, chill, like he's not overly serious, but he's also not overly goofy. Um, he just kind of is there uh, as far as, you know, being a good guy, but not this, you know, off the wall personality. And then also, you know, if you see him on the ice, he kind of just blends into the action as far as his body type, right? I mean, he's not tiny, but he's not this imposing guy. And he's put on some muscle since being drafted. But if you stand next to him, he's still like, uh, you know, just a guy that's really in really good shape. He's not hulking. He's not imposing. So I find that might factor into it as well. And then uh, one thing that's, you know, I half jokingly mentioned in, in the story is, his name, I mean, Kyle Connor, it's like a John Smith equivalent. Uh, so maybe just as something as simple as his name doesn't catch your attention uh, in the same way as, uh, I don't know, Kyle Mattis, just to use my name. Like people would go, oh, Mattis, I've never heard that name before. Kyle Connor, you go, oh, I know Connor McDavid, or oh, uh, I know that those are both first names, but like it just doesn't register as this this name that'll stick in your head. Um, He's not even the only Connor on his own team. I mean, we often talk (laughs) about the Connor and Connor show when Hellebuck and Kyle Connor are making it happen. But um, let's just say that I I guess what it was 20 years ago or 20 odd years ago, Connor was uh, must have been at the top of the uh, hot names in the baby books for um, hockey parents because there's a lot of them right now. And listen, some of them uh, getting more headlines than uh, the guy wearing 81 for Winnipeg. Absolutely. And another thing that, that I tried to relay in the pieces, you know, even though he has these flashy elements to his game, I mean, he's incredibly fast. I mean, arguably a top 10 speedster in the game in the league. Um, and he's got this wicked wrist shot. Like again, another elite part of his, his uh, skill set. The rest of his game is pretty subtle, subtle. So it, it, it you know, he's a really good four checker. That's what a few people brought up to me. And it's not for checking in the sense that he's going in there and banging and crashing. I mean, he's one of the least physical players uh, on the, on the jets, but he's so fast that he, he wins those foot races. And then if he doesn't win the foot race, he's very good at stripping pucks and won't take penalties. Right. I mean, he won the lady Bing last year. So he's got that going on. He's got a good give and go game and in a cycle game, again, kind of boring things, especially for a guy who's not big. 
So I think that also factors in. And one final thing is he's not great defensively. So you're not hearing him sort of being trumpeted as a, a two-way guy, like, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Part of the reason why he pops off the page when you watch him is the size, the strength, the the attitude. Um, and also he can play both, uh, you know, forward and defense at a very high rate. So it's just interesting how this sort of uh, cornucopia of, of reasons lead to a guy being uh, overlooked, even though when you go to the stats, you're like, there's no chance in hell this guy should be overlooked, especially when you look at stuff like game-winning goals. As you guys know, huh. I mean, he he broke the, the Jets' record, sorry, set a new record for the Jets' uh, Thrashers organization. And then also he's third in game-winning goals since that first bowl season, 2017-18, in the entire league. So it's not just, oh, he happens to be scoring the game-winning goals for the Jets. It's like, no, he scores a lot in general. Yeah, he's got eight already this season, which uh, is just wild. And you mentioned Dubois. They are, in a lot of ways, one of the most interesting combinations. Um, you know, Since they've been together, there's been very few combinations of two players mm-hmm. in the league that have been more successful um, Dubois is Canadian. Connor's a Yank. Dubois is this big bruising guy. Kyle Connor's a little smaller, certainly has all the speed, but man, together they've just been magic. And, uh, well, if people haven't been watching the Winnipeg Jets, they're going to get a chance tonight because, uh, uh, I'm sure the Jets will want to have their best foot forward after an ugly game in Montreal and a real chance to maybe open up some eyes to what Rick Bonus and this squad has done so far this season. John Mattis, we will look forward to more from you opening people's eyes on the best in the West right now. And uh, of course, Kyle Connor over at the score.com. This is a lot of fun. Let's do this again sometime. Thanks for having me on uh, Andrew. And yeah, you're giving me ideas. Maybe I'll do a deep dive on the jets, the team sometime soon, because uh, they put together a pretty, a pretty impressive first half and it doesn't look like they're going to slow down. It looks, it looks legit. So well, I'll thanks. look forward to that. And uh, we've got the spot already booked for you to come back on Winnipeg sports <laughs> talk and talk about it. Have a great one, my friend. Thanks for doing this. Cheers, guys. All right, good stuff. Talking KFC with John Mattis of The Score. Give him a follow on Twitter. You can check out more of his work covering the National Hockey League over at thescore.com. All right, Rowicki is just finishing uh, his team of stylists, just finishing his look for today. He'll be joining us in just a moment. Got to give a shout-out to our friends at Royal Sports. Uh, Hey, if you're heading out to BP or somewhere to watch the game with friends tonight, it's a big one. Maybe you'll pop into Royal Sports on the way and upgrade that Jets gear. Just thousands of pieces of Winnipeg Jets merchandise. Much more than just Jets, though. Uh, The best NHL section you will find anywhere. Bomber gear, tons of NFL merchandise, and all the greatest sports. And, of course, they are the hockey superstar. But it's not just for elite players. I mean, if you have a hockey player in your family, you can get everything you need at Royal Sports. But for those of you that just want to get out and take in what Winnipeg Winter has to offer, i.e. getting on the skate trail, you're definitely going to want to pop in and see some of their more affordable skate options. Um, For those of you that just want a casual pair of blades to jump on the river and enjoy the winter with friends. Royal Sports really does have it all. Book a little bit of time off and uh, spend it at Royal Sports 750 Pembina Highway. And make sure to follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pembina for all their latest merchandise drops and sale information. Uh, As far as 
wardrobe, I mean, obviously you got to have your Jets gear, but for uh, real life stuff, guys, if you're thinking about upping your wardrobe game, only one place to do that, that's F Apparel downtown. Custom suits for men beginning at just 400 bucks. Many of those great looks you see the Jets rolling into the arena with on Jets social media come from Andrew and his gang at F Apparel. The entire process is simple and easy. Remus and I have both done it a couple times, and uh, man, they make a great product. So, guys, if you need a better wardrobe, F Apparel's there for you. And don't forget, if you're in a wedding party for the upcoming year, don't waste your money renting tuxes. Talk to Andrew and the gang about great custom suits. The entire wedding party will get 15% off the entire order when you get your outfitted in suits, shirts, and ties. And if you got a high school grad in the family... It's a big, big day as they uh, move on from their school years. A free custom shirt and tie with any grad suit purchase. Savings about 150 bucks. All there at F Apparel. Pop down and see them, 190 Smith Street downtown. Check them out or make an appointment online at F. That's E-P-H apparel.com. And as I mentioned, you might want to get a little bit extra Jets gear for the game tonight down at a Boston Pizza. I'm getting together with the big crew of the fellas at BP tonight for the game. No better place to watch the Jets and Leafs. Big screen, big sound, big beers, delicious wings. That is what it's all about. Maybe we'll get into that uh, spicy jalapeno popper dip too, which is one of my new favorites on the menu as well. And hey, if you're staying at home or you can't make it out, the next best thing is to get to bostonpizza.com and order online. Big thanks to the Boston Pizza crew for their support of WST. All right. Let's uh, welcome in my guy, the host of Skates and Plates, Brandon Rewicki. Rue, what's going on? I see your your six stylists have just made it to the back just in time. Yeah, I don't need the hair dryer. That's fine. Thanks. Yeah, no, I'm doing good. Doing good, man. Excited. <laughs> Big game tonight. Excited to be on. Yeah, me too. Um, and I'll tell you what. I mean, uh, listen, I don't want to spend almost any time talking about the game on Tuesday night because it was eminently forgettable. Um, overall, though, this team has played very, very well over the course of this season. But you could tell today, uh, just with Rick Bonus speaking for about 11 minutes, that a ton of the national media that don't see this hockey club very often had a lot of questions about how they got to this point and the players that have brought them to that point. And uh, got to tell you, you want to bounce back from a rough game in Montreal, perfect opportunity to do it. And um, no brighter lights in the league that the Winnipeg Jets will get for this challenge against a very, very good Toronto Maple Leafs team. I, I, I think there's a reason why everyone's excited about it, other than just going up against an original six team that Winnipeg fans love to beat as much as anyone. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I'm a little surprised, to be honest, that we're not hearing more about this being the Battle of Canada. Like, it's the two best teams in Canada right now. And it kind of feels like that's being pushed under the radar for some reason. Right. Like, I'm, I'm a little surprised by that. But uh, hey, look, the Jets, you know, even when they were playing very inconsistently, they always show up for for this one. Right. Like that's that's never really been a concern. I don't I don't know what the win loss record's been in Toronto over the past few years, but I know that this team comes out and they play their asses off. So uh, I, I think we're in for a beauty here. I don't think we're getting a, a repeat of what we saw out there in in Montreal. And look, the, the track record of this team all year has been the same. They have a stinker. It it doesn't turn into two, three, or four. It, it's it's usually a one-off, and I, I expect a hell of a matchup tonight. It, it's going to be a beauty. 
you know, and Remus, uh, by the way, great graphics, uh, new graphic package for a WST, and you can see how close these are. Don't be, don't be fooled. The Jets are actually two point four six goals against a game. That was a, a decimal place. Oh, They're sorry. not giving up twenty four a game. Okay. That's yeah, it's sure. up Marie's days, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but actually, Rumo, throw that back up, though, because, I mean, it's a great example of just how close these teams are in so many of the metrics. And we're not talking about a 10-game sample. This is the season so far. Very close in goals four per game, 3.29 for the Jets, 3.38. And that number for Winnipeg down to 2.46 goals against a game. Really the biggest reason why they are where they are in the standings. But the Leafs, to their credit, have been doing a pretty good job at holding off power plays almost identical 24-6, 24-8 and that jet PK number at 84.3 incredibly important for a game like tonight against a team that can throw out those sort of weapons. Um, it really is a great matchup, Brandon, for all the reasons that we talked about and what you mentioned. Maybe get a little bit of a uh, bragging rights for being the top team in Canada up until this point as the Jets are just two points back of the Leafs with the same game's number of played. Yeah, and I, I really do think that the penalty kill has been maybe the most underrated part of this team so far. It was uh, third going into the game against Montreal, so they're in and around top five on the PK right now. I mean, special teams as a whole has been great. But, I mean, Toronto's been consistently a really, really elite regular season team for a few years now, and I think that bodes well that the Jets kind of stack up toe-to-toe against them. And if you go roster-to-roster here, you know, it's it's really comparable. I mean, up front, you know, even down the middle, right? I mean, Matthews, you'd probably give an edge over either Shifley or Dubois, but I, you'd probably give an edge for either Shifley or Dubois over Tavares. The wingers are are pretty similar in terms of, of what they're able to do, and they both got depth players played at an, ex, uh, at an extremely high rate right now. On the back end, I think the Leafs have more depth, but nobody out there in Toronto is doing what Josh Morrissey is doing right now. So, I mean, like the skaters... The skaters between the two clubs are very, very similar in terms of of how these teams are built. Obviously, the big difference between the two clubs is 37, much greater than Samsonov and Murray right now. And and it's been a bit of a a struggle over these past, I think, four or five games for the the two netminders when they were playing really, really well through the end of December there. So if you're talking about best team in Canada right now, I I think skaters-wise, they're both pretty similar, but... You definitely give the edge Hellebuck over whoever's going to be in net for Toronto tonight. So, yeah, we're, we're talking yeah. about the best team in Canada playing the Maple Leafs in Toronto. Yeah, I mean, listen, you'll give the nod on goaltending to Winnipeg, but at the same time, I mean, 2.62 goals against uh, per game for Winnipeg, 2.67 for Toronto, it pretty much is a wash. Um, But we are seeing, I think, the regression to the mean of the two Toronto goalies who did have that great start, and both were flirting with 9.30, um, as you mentioned, sort of earlier in December, and Matt Murray got lit up uh, for four on eight in the last game, and Samsonov came in. Uh, There you see Halibut's brilliant numbers so far, coming into tonight's game with a 924 save percentage and three shutouts so far 22 wins on the season through 34 games um it's a different look for the lines right off the bat and i'm not sure if you saw at the beginning of the program we were talking and hearing from rick bonus who sort of laughed uh when they asked how long these lines would be together and he said well we'll see um but I am interested in your thoughts on, let's start off with the top. I mean, I, listen, I think Blake Wheeler is pretty much versatile enough that um, is probably a, a fine addition to that connection of 
Connor and Dubois, who've been great really regardless of who they played against. But what do you think about Morgan Barron starting off the game with Shifley and Ehlers? And I guess then we'll say, what does that mean for Cole Perfetti, who is in a very different unit with Lowry and Menelainen than what he's been playing with for most of the year? Yeah, I... I... That, that is, it's not a great fit on that line. Like, let's just be honest, right? Like, he's with two mountain men, and then you've got, got a rookie who's, you know, is we all know what his skill set is, right? It's it's offensive playmaker, but he's not going to, you know, take the take the NHL by storm by playing strong defensive hockey on a shutdown line. So, yeah, I mean, I I, I don't think the the fit's great there, but at the same time, I understand Rick Bonus saying, yeah, you know what, maybe the rookie needs to to step down a little bit because it hasn't been it hasn't been smooth sailing for him over the last little while. He I say he's playing like a rookie. He's it's kind of what it is, right? There, yeah, there's some highs, there's down. some lows. Yeah. I, listen, he had that brilliant game in Pittsburgh coming off it was like his flu game after he missed part of the game in Buffalo. The one thing and I mentioned this yesterday, it has seemed like over the past week or so the fact that he's gone what 13 or 14 games without a goal that he has been getting a little bit frustrated. And maybe it's a matter of taking a bit of pressure off him right now um, and give him a chance to maybe skate for a few uh, you know, shifts with a guy like Lowry and Menelainen and then get back up with some elite offensive players. And maybe that takes a bit off of him because, uh, you know, I think in his position, a top draft pick, a guy that has been given plenty of opportunity to produce and has been doing it overall. And the team's been winning hockey games. That's the bottom line. Um, I think he puts a lot of pressure on himself to score and to contribute. And the goals have been hard to come by lately. And uh, you could see him squeezing the stick a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's nothing to worry about. I, I don't think it says anything about his, his long-term outlook in the NHL. Like the kid's no. going to be a borderline star, right? It's just, this is what, this is what 19, 20 year olds kids do in their first season with, with grown men. There, there's good times and there's bad times and he's having, and even his bad times, I think, are are relatively minor, right? It's not like his struggles are he's getting completely overwhelmed out there and, and stuff like that. It's just he's not he's not producing at an elite second line level, which is completely normal for somebody of his age. So I I, I understand Bones wanting to maybe just drop the kid down for I don't know a game or two. I, I honestly don't think it's going to be all that long before we see him back up there on on whatever iteration the second line looks like. Um, but I, I also don't mind seeing Morgan Barron get a little more play up there. I, I thought, you know, when he had his chance last year coming over at the deadline, I thought he looked pretty good. Like, he, he doesn't look out of place at the very least playing with some skilled players up there in the top six. So well, I, I he has a very, defined. very, uh, yeah, it's such a different dynamic to that line. And let's face it, that line is entirely different because, of course, Wheeler is playing with Connor and Dubois, and now it's Shifley and Ehlers. And, you know, this might be something that Rick Bonus has had in the back of his head a little while as Morgan Barron has continually grown in his spot alongside Adam Lowry. And, uh, you know, he said before they do like to have a little bit of size with some of the smaller, speedier players. And I'll say this amongst all the lines that are out there tonight, I am sort of intrigued as to how Morgan Barron fits playing with Shifley and it'll be cool to see Shifley and Ehlers back together. I think there's so much potential of those players. And if those guys click and you have Connor and Dubois clicking, then you get to that point where, you know, you can start spreading a little bit more onto that third line and get a little bit more pop without losing anything from a real devastating one, two punch in your top six. Yeah. That that's exactly it for me. Like if you're going to have pairs, if you will, 
to have Dubois Connor as a pairing and then Shifley Ehlers as a pairing. And then you can kind of mix and match which forwards go together depending on, you know, who's hot or what the, the matchup might be, things like that. I, I, I'm totally down with that. Uh, I mean, I'm also down with Dubois Connor and Ehlers playing about 50 more games in a row together too, but this isn't a, this isn't a bad plan B either. Um, what, what, what I think this does in a, in a roundabout way for me is it kind of underlines the importance of adding whatever you want to call it, but another forward that can play in and around that second or third line. That that's what I think this does for me um, that, that, and I don't know, like it could be Appleton. It could be, it could be a trade that happens sometime coming up the deadline here. But I, I, I really do think that if you can add just one more impactful piece in there, everything slots in pretty nicely. And then you have the ability to experiment and try different things out, see what works, see what doesn't. Maybe you go back to Connor Dubois, Ehlers, but you're not necessarily relying solely on them to create offense because you have another offensive piece that can jump up there with Mark Shifley as well, right? So I, I think that's kind of what this experiment is is telling me a little bit here, is one more piece to come in here would be the the, the cherry on top. But yeah, a lot of intrigue, and I'm I'm not going to be surprised if if Morgan Barron has himself, you know, maybe not a a standout breakout night, but he shows himself out pretty well against Toronto. You know what, Brandon? Um, let's talk about the deadline and potential acquisitions for a minute with the Jets, because it's always fun. We're spending so much time talking about this game. I did want to get to this with you. Um, there's been a number of names that have been rumored as possibly on the market that might be fits here in Winnipeg. Um, Jonathan Taves has been one of them. And and listen, I'm very intrigued on the possibility of Taves and what he brings, the versatility, the experience, the success in the face-off dot. I had said that for a player at that point, I don't think I'd be looking to give up my first-round pick, yeah. especially in this draft. Interestingly enough, hearing Elliot Friedman on uh, on 32 Thoughts say that it is believed that the ask would be a second and a third round pick. I think if that's the case, I'd do that right away. The caveat is I don't believe the Jets have their second rounder. So you know, you may have to get creative. Maybe you're doing it the year afterwards. But um, I'm not sure whether we've talked about Jonathan Taves and a potential fit here in Winnipeg. How intriguing is that to you? And what do you think he would bring to the Winnipeg Jets if they were willing to pay the Blackhawks asking price? Yeah, that I, I didn't heard that. And that was always the big thing with me is... It's like, I'm interested in Taves, but at a certain price. Yeah. And a second and a third still sounds kind of juicy to me. But having said that, you know, if, if you think he's worth it, are you going to say, no, we want two thirds instead of a, you know what I mean? Like at some point you, you almost have to to give up a little bit to to get somebody that you think might be a, a big time asset for you. I, I, I think, I guess here's my, th- it's, it's kind of twofold. I think the biggest hole on this team right now is still having a top pair quality blue liner behind Josh Morrissey to take over the second pair. I, to, to me, I'm, I'd be way more interested in, in moving my assets to get that guy. And I've said time and time again that I think Jacob Chikrin is, is the perfect fit for the Jets to go after. So if, if going after Taze precluded me from going after a high-end defenseman, then I would say no. But if I'm able to give up secondary assets for somebody like Jonathan Taves, who I think would be completely reinvigorated by a chance to go deep into the playoffs for the first time in, what, five years at least, and to do so in his hometown, I I think there's a ton of value for that. I I agree with you. No, like a first-round pick is not even in the discussion for for Jonathan Taves, despite everything he brings. Uh, The 
The interesting thing with him would be there's the ask and the return and everything like that. But, you know, one of the centers is going to have to jump out to the wing, right? And, like, I, would it be Shifley? Like, would it be Taves down the middle and then Shifley beside him? Or would... I don't think you'd want to put Taves out there on well, the wing. Because the, the, thing, the thing draw, with right? Shifley, the thing with the, like with the Shifley line that is intriguing is that, I mean, listen, for all the hockey nerd that he is, he's just never really been a guy that you can really count on in the face-off circle. And, um, you know, Taves is, is one of probably a top three face-off guy in the entire National Hockey League. And we know what the Winnipeg Jets are with the puck, a very dangerous team. When they're chasing the puck around, I mean, you know, that takes away from everything that you're able to do. Now, whether Taves is regularly playing on the wing but happens to be the guy that's taking the majority of the draws, I'm not sure. The one thing I'll say about Taves, and we've seen this in the Olympics, we've certainly seen this recently, um, he he has so much versatility. Um and listen, I don't know. Some people value this more than others, but that is a guy that knows exactly what it takes to win games, to win series, and to go all the way. And man, there's a ton of intangibles that a guy like that would bring in that I think would really help a team with a lot of young players that have been nowhere close to the level of success that he's had in his NHL career. Yeah, yeah, and I don't, I don't think it's just you know people are going to say the young guys and think Cole Perfetti. You're telling me Mark Shifley wouldn't pick up a thing or two? Pierre Louis uh, exactly. Dubois. Playing oh, with ba- basically everybody under the age of 30, <laughs> right? <laughs> like you could point to every single guy up front there and say, like, this this dude's literally won everything. There is not a tournament on earth that he has not won in hockey. And and I, I really do think there is a ton of value that comes with that. I, I think, and this is one of the things I've always disagreed with analytics people about. He's a big game player, and and some guys shrink in big moments, and some guys step up and grab it by the throat and take it. And I think we can all agree that he's definitely the latter in terms of what happens when when the going gets tough out there, especially as the postseason starts to roll along. Here, I yeah, I'm I'm not shying away whatsoever from a Jonathan Taves trade. I, I think there, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, it's going to come down to that that price though, and. I think the one thing that works in the Jets' favor, two things really, is just quite frankly, even at retained 50%, there's what, maybe five teams in the playoffs that can fit that under the cap? Maybe? And that that's stretching it right there. And then how many of those teams are going to be willing to pay a second or a third round? Like, I don't, if, if Taves does the, the Giroux thing and says, look, I either I'm staying in Chicago or I'm going to Winnipeg and that's that, that second and a third round ask, is going to drop dramatically, and that works in a big, big way uh, for the Winnipeg Jets' favor there. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not shying away from that. Whatever, um, I'm, I'm intrigued to see essentially what the checklist is for Chevy, though. If, if, if that's going to be number one, or is it going to be help on the back end instead? Well, it's great, and you, know, you mentioned Chickren, and Chickren's so intriguing because he is young. He has two more years yeah. of his contract at four point six million dollars, which is eminently affordable and would fit in perfectly within the Jets' salary structure. The thing about that is that your ask for a Jacob Chickren is probably Vili Hanela, this year's first-round pick, potentially another first-round pick. That's at least what the ask will be, and that's a player that every team in the league would love to have and every team in the league could pretty much fit under their cap. So 
the amount of bidders for a player like that goes up. Although we've also been hearing this conversation for a full year right now around Jacob Chikrin, and I know he was injured, but he's back, and um, he is certainly intriguing. Vancouver has a number of players, and I know um, Avco was putting up a list of some of the players that, you know, who would Jet fans be most interested in? Connor Garland was there, certainly Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat's another guy that's had a monster year right now, but you're talking about a big, big ask for a player that would be coming in. And Timo Meyer is another fascinating player. $6 million this year. He's not a UFA. He's an RFA. However, as Remus reminded me earlier, I believe he's got a $10 million yeah. qualifying offer. So maybe that makes him basically a UFA. Although there still is the potential to uh, to trade a player like that. Um, when we're looking at options on the West Coast, what do you think of Meyer? And is there a player in Vancouver that you think would be a nice fit for the Winnipeg Jets? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I want to touch a lot of what's going on out there in Vancouver. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I don't think I don't like Bor Horvat as a fit here, just in terms of the ask for a rental, and that's why a guy like Chickren makes way more sense to me. It's like, yeah, you're you're paying a ton, like it's you're not getting him on the cheap, but you get him for. Two and a half seasons at the bare minimum. Three playoff and, and, runs. Yeah, three playoff runs and at a really, really affordable salary. And then that I mean, I've always felt like the Jets should be going after guys like that, where hey, get a chance to come to Winnipeg, play a few seasons here, and they tend to sign more often than not. So I mean, again, that's why Chickren has a lot of intrigue to me. For me, giving up a first round pick and probably a prospect too for what six weeks of Bull Horvat. Uh, I'm just I I don't want to I don't want to invest too much in that. I, I like Connor Garland. I, I like his game cap hit. I don't know if that makes sense for the Jets either. Um, do you want to touch Ekman Larson with a 50 foot pole with that contract? I don't think so. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, uh, that's Luke a hard no. That's a yeah, hard okay. all right hard no. He was just healthy okay. scratched. He's got another six or seven years at like eight million. It's Unbelievable that that is on the Canucks books for that much. Just quickly, the Canucks. I'm not sure if you saw J Jim Rutherford oh, earlier God. this week. Like, <laughs> I'll give Rutherford a lot of credit for standing up there, for answering every question, for waving the PR guys off and being there. But holy smokes. I mean, that was just basically putting gas on a fire because if you didn't think that ownership was involved in the direction of the team, and I guess, listen, it's their team. I mean, I, I, we probably shouldn't begrudge them to do that, but it certainly seems like whoever has been running hockey operations in some ways has had one arm tied behind their back in Vancouver. And like, I don't know if there's a quicker, easy way to reload as opposed yeah. to really retool a team that has already made some big, big contractual commitments with OEL and with JT Miller, whose extension doesn't even kick in until next summer. Yeah, and he looks like he wants out on the, on the first car out of Vancouver, right? Like it's they 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 made a very splashy entrance into the bottom half, not bottom half, the bottom five of most dysfunctional franchises in the NHL. Like Vancouver is there, Philly and Arizona are kind of speeding away from the pack a little bit, but Vancouver <laughs> went into nitro mode, and they're 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 not all that far behind right now. And I man, I I, I feel I do feel bad for Canucks fans when I saw that quote. We're not rebuilding. It's a retool because that's basically like you might as well just throw away the next three years. We're, we're going to be having this con. They've been doing that for 10 years, right? It's it's just uh, that to me is the ultimate. 
there, there's maybe one out of 10 franchises that can say that line and then actually accomplish that feat. For the most part, though, it's, you know what, you're staring a rebuild in the face. Your fans would actually appreciate that more than trying to do the, the middle ground thing. Yeah, we see teams time and time again, you know, try to delude themselves into thinking that, you know, we're just one or two moves away from getting out of cap hell and then finding a way to get back to the top of the conference here. So, yeah, they're, they're a nightmare. They're an absolute mess. I feel horrible for Bruce Boudreaux, who doesn't deserve any of this crap. And the fact that they basically announced they're looking at head coaching candidates while he still has a job was beyond oh, a slap in the face. By I the mean, way, uh, by the way, I was watching the stars melt down last night in San Jose and blow that 3 nothing lead. And that was, I guess, a TNT game. And they go to the panel in the intermission, and they're talking oh. to Rick Tockett. And he goes like, hey, I've talked to a few people going on. And I mean, I just thought Bruce Boudreaux does not deserve to be done yeah. like this. You know what? If you're going to get rid of him, just get rid of him. He's a big boy. He's been fired before. Um, but it is, I listen, it's, it's not fair at all to a guy that should, I think, garner more respect. And listen, if the writing's on the wall – Read the writing and act on it right now. And hell, bring in an interim coach. Promote one of the assistants for a few games. I mean, it's not going to make things any worse in Vancouver than they already are. You got you got Travis Green on the payroll. Bring him back too, right? It's it's <laughs> no bad. That, it, when you're an owner and your your main reason for not firing a coach is that you don't want to have too many fired coaches on the payroll. Maybe it's time to restructure how you think about building your organization. All right, Brandon Rowicki's with us from Skates and Plates. Um, back to tonight's game. Um, when it comes to the blue line, um, Billy Hanel is going to get back in the lineup from all accounts. Um, and I'm not sure whether this is more that Dylan Sandberg's still not ready to go in. I did say yesterday, though, that considering how rough it was, and it certainly was not just Billy, but he maybe sort of stood out at times. I'm actually quite happy, and I think this is a great thing for him to be able to get right back in. Yeah into the lineup tonight. And uh, and to be honest, I think him playing with Nate Schmidt is, you know, and like Schmidt's had a really strong season so far this year, and he can maybe handle some of that load. Um, but from a defensive standpoint for the Winnipeg Jets, they, that group has been pretty good this year. They really do need to step up considering what we saw on Tuesday. And they will have their hands full with a Leafs team that can come at you in a lot of different ways. And I know we always think about Matthews and Marner William Nylander has turned into a legit star in this league. He's sort of overlooked. He was certainly overlooked at contract time. That won't happen again. Um, but just the challenge of the, for the defense tonight going up against uh, some pretty lethal scorers for the home team. Yeah, yeah. I Look, I, I love it. And I, look, he was awful against Montreal. I mean, 90% of the team was, but you can't sugarcoat it when four of his shifts in the, what was it, in the middle frame-ish, three of his four shifts he's on the ice for a goal against not not all his fault all three but obviously played a role in some of that but there's a part of me that's kind of like where i'm sure bones and, and maybe even management is like hey kid you you asked for a string of games you're you're gonna get them <laughs> right like this this is a real a real pivotal moment for him i think and i i mean that in a good way in the sense that you know what you have a bad one in years past you might be heading down to the moose for two months after this, but no, we're, we're like, you're going to get another shot here. You get another crack at it. And let's see if you can rebound and, and be the guy that we think you could be. I, I think it's awesome. So I'm, I'm, yeah, he's, he's definitely, I would say him and Baron are probably the two biggest spotlight guys, 
from a Jets perspective in this one in terms of how they're able to perform. Um, but this is, yeah, I mean, Bailey had a rough one, but he can erase it pretty quickly if he goes out there against Toronto tonight and is responsible with the puck, moves it out well, gets his feet moving. I, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I, I like the the approach the team is taking with how they're trying to deal with a, an off night from, from Billy Hanela here. All right, Pete, two non-hockey questions before we go. The first up is football, final eight, best weekend of football of the year for NFL fans. Uh, will there be an upset? And if so, who will be the team that defies the odds and moves on to the championship game? You've got the Giants, you've got the Cowboys, you've got the Jags, and you've got the Bengals. I don't think there will be one. I, th- I think I think we're going to see. Well, the only I, I guess the Bills are the two seed over the Bengals. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The Bengals yeah. are a five point underdog right now. People really spooked because of the injuries on their offensive line. I'll be honest. I mean, I guess that probably limits Joe limits Joe Mixon a little bit, but Von Miller's not there either, and the Bills' pass rush is nothing like it was earlier in the season. And to well, be honest, if that just means that more goes onto the shoulders of Joe Burrow. I think Cincinnati is fine with that, to be honest with you. I was gonna say a leaky O line. Oh no, what's Joe Burrow gonna do? Yeah, he's never he's never with seen that, that before. before. Yeah. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> so I, I I'm not I don't consider it an upset, but I I think Cincinnati beats Buffalo. So to answer your question, I guess if you if you consider that that's a shocking spread to me, that that many points. Um I me just uh, to me to, uh, Josh Allen's great. That that Bills team has been way too turnover friendly over the past month, month and a half of the season. I I, I think the the Bengals are just peaking at the right time now. So I, I yeah, I don't think it's an upset, but in in the sense of a three seed beats a two seed, I do think in the AFC we get a rematch of last year's title game. Well, I remember. I mean, we were doing the kind of the weekend recap and looking at the lines on the lock shop on Monday. By the way, YouTubers, go Lock Shop Bets. Give us a sub and uh, get in on that $1,000 giveaway at Lock Shop, uh, the Lock Shop YouTube channel. And we were looking at the opening lines, and it was like four, four and a half. And I'm like, listen, if you like Cincy, I would get that right now because I'm expecting this game to be like a three-point spread yeah. by the time we get to the game. And it didn't happen. It's been five and a half. It's five. We might see it come down a little bit. Um, but in a lot of ways, the Bengals sort of remind me of the Jets, albeit, listen, they did go to the Super Bowl last year, but they're a team in a smaller market that's got some really high, you know, great players on it, but is sort of consistently overlooked a little bit despite all the things that they've done. And they've done it against the best teams. I mean, listen, as a Chiefs fan, I mean, I'm scarred by them. I mean, they knocked us out of the playoffs, big win earlier this season. Um it really is fascinating. What about your birds? I mean, uh, feeling pretty good about that game against the Giants? I, oh, I mean, look, the, the, that's the best matchup you could have asked for, right? You know, but having said that, the Giants did look pretty good against Mitty. Like, they did. <laughs> I, I picked them to win, but like, ooh, they look kind of good. But I think, I think the Vikings defense, sorry, Vikings fans, to bring this up again. I think the Vikings defense played a pretty big role in, in oh. New York looking as potent as they did. And I think... You know, even if even if New York is sharp on offense, still playing in Philly, playing on the road in the environment, and against a much much better Eagles defense, uh, I I think it'll be a bit more of a challenge for them. I think it'll be a close game. Like I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means, but um, I, I think I do think Philly. I think Philly and San Fran take care of business at home. All right, final question for you, and this comes from Elliot in the chat, and this really should spawn 
a larger collaboration between WST and Skates and Plates. Um, fat Boys. Number one fat boy in Winnipeg for you, or if you have a top three already, we can accept that as well. If you're looking for the best fat boy, what comes? You, you've been eating in a lot of places. You're a, somewhat of a connoisseur. Who you got? So what are we what are we defining as a fat boy, though? I think that's very important in this discussion here. Well, I mean, I think the fat boy is the typical Winnipeg Greek burger. You know, the chili, yeah. mayo, tomato, I mean, all the ones that I, you would get at a Junior's, a VJ's, I, a George's, a Dairy Whip, a Mr. Mike's, a uh, burger place. Uh, we can go down the list. Is there yeah, one that stands okay. out to you? I mean, there was one, I mean, George's on, on Henderson was like, I, I went to school nearby there. So that, that one like has a pretty sentimental spot in my heart, but I got to be honest, I'm not a big chili on burgers or dogs guy. Like for me, it's just like, keep them. It's like church and state, keep them separated, please. Excuse so I, like I, if I'm having a burger, I want a burger. If I'm having chili, I want chili. So I'll, I'll say that, but uh, yeah, I don't think I would, I, I wouldn't stretch I wouldn't go too far away from the OGs. Um, I think I would go VJs and and Georges on Henderson as my top two. I do like the Georges are sort of hit and miss. I mean, some Georges are, I guess they're all individual, so it's hard just to say Georges. I knew the second I mentioned this would be our new why not question of the day for <laughs> not Autocorp. And there's nothing that gets the chat going more than this. Uh, let's see. We've got... Johnny's Pizza. No, I'm not sure if that is Walter was asking some a different question. Uh, but Randy, Dairy Whip, hands down. Joel Marcou, being the good St. B-boy he is, has got me uh, has got me on that. St. James Burgers for MC Stormy. The Georges on Ness gets one from, uh, from Bruce H. Another one for Dairy Whip in the original Georges location. Um, Mrs. Mike's on Taché. Johnny's on Marion. Um, yeah, I knew that there'd be a ton. Ooh, the nook. That's an interesting one. I didn't really think about the nook as being, oh, oh the one I, I Walter would say says the... he's serious. I'm not familiar with Johnny's pizza, but maybe we'll get a pizza and a fat boy when we pop by the, the best burger hands down. And there's a lot of good ones. Like everybody said out there, but like, if I had to have one and only one, like for the rest of my life, Sonia's and Lockport is like, oh, the goat, the goat of the goats. So. I got. You know I got to give. Now, I got to give love out to Thonya's there. Have you known that place? Like for, I mean, I know you're from up that area. Like, did you know it growing up and stuff? I, yeah. Funny story. I discovered it during the pandemic, and during that oh. time when everything was closed, and like you know, I'm living in my my spot. You know, the bars are closed. Uh, no one can come over. I would basically just get in the car and sometimes drive around for i know this sounds pathetic but i would basically get to henderson and i would just drive and if you drive all the way to the end of henderson you go past yeah. the half moon and there's always these super long lines and then sonia stand and i went in there and dude now since then i mean i go up to vb in the summer i do not go without starting that leg hit there for a burger or two fries and then going out. So yeah, it's the only reason, Sonia. the only reason I ever, the only reason I worked at my dad's dealership in Selkirk was on the way out there was Sonia's. So that, that, that's the only reason I was interested in cars for, for a couple of months. But yeah, the, that if you haven't been, 
it'll it'll blow it'll just blow you out of the water. It's, it's I knew I knew you'd finish with an amazing take, one of many. Uh, great stuff, dude. Enjoy this game tonight. Enjoy the football on the weekend, and uh, we'll look forward to catching up next week to get ready for the final four and uh, the latest on the Jets as they'll just be coming back home after this uh, five game road trip. Thanks for doing this. Sounds good, man. I'd say uh, have a good time out there in Atlanta, but I think you'll be having a good time out there in KC next weekend. Well, we'll see. We'll see. There, Yes, lots of possibilities for this AFC Championship game. And uh, (laughs) one way or the other, I hope to be at it. Thanks for doing this, pal. Yeah, have a good one. All right. Good stuff, folks. Uh, (laughs) The minute you mention burgers or whatever, the chat just goes absolutely crazy as uh, (laughs) I would love it. All right. Um, We're going to have Jesse Polk join us in a few minutes right now. Great stuff for Brandon. And don't forget, there should be a new episode of Skates and Plates tomorrow. So if you haven't already subscribed to Brandon's podcast, do that wherever you get your favorite pods. We do have some bomber news to announce. Special teams demon Mike Miller, the GOAT of third down is back with the bombers for another year that was announced earlier today by the football club the signings keep going as the unfinished business tour gets ready to roll this summer at ig field and throughout the canadian football league of course all of our bomber reports are brought to you by our friends at princess auto proud sponsors of the bombers gold eyes manitoba's top curling teams and the gang here at Winnipeg Sports Talk. And Princess Auto is the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Visit them at one of two Winnipeg locations, Panit Road or Portage Avenue West, or get those wheels turning on your next project and shop 24-7, 365 online at princessauto.com. Our friends at Culligan Water are pushing 70 years in the business as a family-owned company here in Winnipeg and Manitoba, hydrating the masses with the best in water products and solutions. Culligan really does have everything, starting with water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, just to name a few, and citywide water delivery services, not to mention commercial and industrial water products and solutions as well. Whatever you need, Culligan's got you covered. 1200 Sargent Avenue. Give them a call at 204-694-5180 or check them out online at drinkculligan.com. And wouldn't it be nice to uh, sip a little CC tonight, cheersing a big Jets win in Toronto. Of course, Canadian Club, proud sponsors of Winnipeg Sports Talk and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and a pretty nice nightcap after a big win for your favorite hockey team. Right now, though, if you head into your local Manitoba Liquor Marts, make sure to check out the display. Big, big discount right now on Canadian Club Reserve 12-year and a new rise, well, Rifle Rye from our friends at Beam Suntory. That is available now on sale as well at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. Big shout-out to our friends at Canadian Club for their great support of WST. All right. We will get to the cool bet lines. I've cooked up a little jets exclusive going head to head with the boys in Ontario at cool bet. We'll get to that a little bit later on. Uh, but coming up in just a second, a very special guest, nobody better to get us hyped for the game tonight between the Winnipeg jets and the Toronto Maple Leafs. And he is a proud Winnipegger flying the flag of peg city daily Right there in the big smoke, 
I'm sure he'll be there today. And actually a pretty special day for our guy, Jesse Pollock, who joins us now. Dude, great to have you on the program. Thanks for doing this. And uh, happy birthday as well. It's birthday week. Mike McIntyre first, and you get the Remus balloon treatment on WST. Fellas, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the balloon treatment. I'm 30, which is crazy. Um, and you know I have to whip out the shirt today. Don't worry. This is not to support Leafs fans. This is very much to not support Leafs fans. Uh, maybe ne- maybe next year, fellas. Um, you know what? Like Tonight's going to be so hype. And I actually released a tweet the other day. It was on Tuesday. And I said, this game is going to be... Uh-oh. My... My... My girlfriend's in a meeting in the other room, but I said this game's going to be so hype, and and Leafs fans were just—I just said like I'm so excited for this game, and Leafs fans were just roasting me, and I get it because it has to do with like the Shifley clip or whatever from last year, and I said, hey, nothing's better than being the Leafs, eh? But it's like, give me a break. Like some of the like I love some of the fans out here because I work with some good Leafs fans, but a lot of them are just like such assholes. Like it's just crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, well, we see that each and every year when the team comes to the arena and they uh, show up once a year and uh, do their thing. Listen, it, it has turned into a bit of a rivalry, though. And, I mean, it goes back, you know, the obviously through the pandemic, there's the Canadian division, saw way more of this club. Um, but then when fans got back in the building, um, things got a little heated. And you're exactly right. Like, there already would have been, I think, some hype around this game, the one visit of the Jets of the year. But the other thing we can't overlook is that these are the two best teams in Canada, Jesse. And, I mean, the Jets are first place in the Western Conference right now, despite a bit of a stinker against Montreal on Tuesday. Um, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, this game this game should have this amount of hype, and I'm sure you're feeling a bit of a buzz around Southern Ontario right now as we get closer to puck drop. Well, this is that's why I made the tweet in the first place, because it was like, like these are like two of the best teams in the league and they're both Canadian going against each other. And we sound like, Oh yeah. Like for you guys, it's your Stanley cup for us. It's just another Thursday. It's like, shut up. You dweebs. Well, like, what, so, what's the leaf Stanley cup? Like, like, because like, like, we know. <laughs> I, don't know if you guys know who, I don't know if you guys know who Jeff Viette is, but like this guy just like makes a point. And like, I guess he was kidding, but like, he just makes a point out of like, like trying to like, make fun of people or like putting people down a little in like a very condescending way. He pisses me off sometimes, to be honest. Um, well, that's but, the Toronto but, way. Yeah. That's the Toronto way. And like, you know, I, I, I love it, Jeff at the same time. I love it. Bring it. <laughs> <laughs> but like he, he, he just, sometimes I, I'm just not crazy about his tone. And like, he like quote tweeted it, like some condescending thing, like with a meme. I'm like, buddy, like, I'm just trying to say, this is going to be a good game. Is that a crime? Like, what is your deal? <laughs> You can't you can't meme the leader of the Jets army in Southern Ontario. Give us a break. Uh, hey, listen, I'll tell you what. You're not the only one. The chat's banging right now. Everyone's fired up to see you. And uh, listen, people should be fired up about this game tonight. I mean, overall, I know you popped on with Reem when I was over in a uh, when I was at the World Cup. Uh, but so it's first of all great to have you back on the show. And thanks for doing this. Uh, I mean, 45 games in, first place. I mean, uh, we'll get back to this game tonight, but. I mean, what a season. I mean, this it, Bones is the man. These bozos that are overlooking him for Jack Adams need to revoke their own credentials. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, you must have had just an incredible time just being a Jets fan there because, I mean, no one no one flies the flag more than you. And, listen, you take it as good as you can get it when it happens. But the Jets have been giving it out all season long, which is part of the reason why 
this has been such a uh, such a anticipated game tonight for people on both sides, but especially Winnipeggers. Yeah, I mean, the Jets have been absolutely buzzing lately. Games here are always amazing. It has, like, I don't care that we're not in the same conference or anything. This has turned into low-key one of the best rivalries in the league. I cannot wait for Pierre-Luc Dubois to just mix it up with the Leafs tonight because you can just count on him for doing that. Uh, he's an absolute beauty. We actually just released a new video with him on Bar Down. If you guys want to uh, check it out, we tried to see, like, how good we are compared to him, like his NHL rating, and it was a lot of fun. But, um, man, I hope we keep that guy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, No kidding. You need to uh, just keep on working him. Keep on working him. The team will be – he's playing with Kyle Connor. I mean, I'm getting more optimistic about it the better the team plays. I, I am too, and I think that, like, Bones has just done so much for the squad. Like, I, like even just being around the team, like, when you get to, like, be around them as a member of the media, it's like – it's been such good vibes with the team, especially compared to last year. Last year, things kind of seemed like a bit like weird. Um, but this year, things have just seemed really light, really nice. And um, yeah, I mean, our top our top six is un- unreal, can go against anyone. And I- I'm kind of curious if we're going to make a move to kind of, we'll have to see what happens with cer- certain players coming back into the lineup who are injured, but like, what's going to happen? Are we going to try to go for a good third liner? I know, I know Lowry is obviously a center, but like is Jonathan Tave someone who the Jets could potentially be interested in? We were just talking about him earlier on the show. Yeah, he's such an intriguing guy. I mean, not only great story of him coming home, but I mean, dude, the guy can still play one of the sure. best in the faceoff circle. And I know you pay attention to what Bones is saying after him. He's always talking about faceoffs, and that's been something the Jets haven't been very good at. And then the intangibles of a player like that with that sort of experience. I mean, if it's not going to cost you the sun and the moon, I don't know how that couldn't make your team much more dangerous when it comes yeah. to the playoffs. Because it's crazy that we're talking about this at game 45. Right now, we are looking ahead to the playoffs. And that's something this team has earned by what they've done through the first half plus of the season. Did you imagine if the Jets actually played against the Leafs in the Stanley Cup final? Like, I don't want to judge <laughs> it, but I think I would actually, like, explode. <laughs> It, it, it would be <laughs> listen dare to dream listen that uh, listen that would also mean the Leafs would win a playoff series so yeah. we got to get to that point too that hasn't happened in a long long time although all joking aside this team is too good to have been as brutal as they've been in the playoffs and I mean they had to choke against Montreal that year when Montreal then beat Winnipeg after the sweep against Edmonton just doesn't make a lot of sense. And the crazy thing for the Leafs is we can basically start selling tickets for the Tampa series right now. I, <laughs> I mean, Boston's I running away with that series and we know what's going to happen. It's Tampa, Toronto in that first round. And listen, they could I'm, be I'm balanced taking, overall. I'm taking Tampa in that one last year, <laughs> last year. I'm not kidding. And I, I, I don't like to be, I'm not going to say like, Oh, I told you so, told you so. But I just remember last year, <laughs> Got interviewed, like, got interviewed by, like, I think it was, like, a, some students were, like, filming a video from, like, a uh, local school here. And uh, they just asked my pain. I said, Tava is too good. The Leafs always find a way to blow it. And I remember after game five, all these Leafs fans were in my ear giving me a bunch of crap because I was at Maple Leaf Square. And, yeah, yeah, there it is. <laughs> and, and, and I said, I specifically said, the Lightning have the Leafs exactly where they want them. And they need them two games in a row. And I was I was in Maple Leaf Square. I'm not kidding. You could hear a pin drop. And I, and like you gotta understand, like there's like thousands of people outside of Maple Leaf School. Maple Leaf. Did you have like, a bodyguard? Maple... No. 
I had nothing. And I was just at the front. And like, when, when the lightning scored, like you could hear me, like, I was just like, <laughs> like let's go. Like, yes. And like, when they, when they lost, when they, when they lost game six and the Tavares goal got called back, I was like, this is actually hilarious. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then when they lost game seven, you just can't make it up. By the way, for podcast listeners, we're looking at a picture of Jesse in Maple Leaf Square amongst thousands of Leafs fans at last year's playoffs wearing a Jets jersey holding up a sign that says, I'm just here for the first round exit. One of the things I love other than your enthusiasm is the stones that it takes to go and pull that off. Um, uh, well, who knows? You'll probably have another chance to do that again this year. Jesse Pollock's with us from Bar Down. Jesse, we, we've got to talk to you about your big debut at the skills competition with the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, as a guy that's such a big fan, a fun dude, that must have been um, an absolute thrill. Take us through the day, the experience, and how it went for you. Yeah, I mean, I remember the Jets came to Toronto in September because obviously the Jets are a partner of TSN's. We broadcast a ton of their um, regional games on TSN three as all, as all listeners here know. And I remember, I think Christina Litz who works for the Jets uh, said, they mentioned in a PowerPoint presentation that the Jets uh, were having a skills competition and sorry, these camera angles just tripped me out a little bit. Uh, um, so immediately like, my ears and my boss, my boss at Bar Down, Dave Crick's ears, like both kind of perked up and we're like, okay, here's an opportunity. So we could just like kind of made it happen. I was in the World Juniors right before I was at the World Juniors right before. So I went like from Moncton to Winnipeg. Oh, sorry, from Moncton to Toronto to pick up my hockey stuff, then back to Winnipeg. And it was just the best time, like huge like biggest thanks to the Jets for helping make that happen. Like I really think that you know, I think it's like a nice symbiotic relationship that we have with uh, the Jets and a lot of hockey teams. Hopefully we hope to form that. It's like, I think we can work together to help make hockey a really fun. We can help make hockey culture more fun, um, more lighthearted. Like, I think that like there's so much seriousness that's associated with hockey for like no reason. It's really just like a fun game that, you know, athletes, athletes are living out their dream. Like they shouldn't be. We should, they shouldn't be portrayed as like so stiff. Like they, they should be loose. Like a lot of these guys are great guys. So it was a great opportunity to get to meet some of the players, get to know some of the players a little better. I already knew some of the players. Um, like Pierre-Luc Dubois is just like a great guy. Like I have nothing but good things to say about him. He He's someone who's really trying to make the game fun. I think like whenever we've asked him to do anything without hesitation, like I had flame tape. He was like, give me the flame tape in the dressing room. And then like another time like he's just like give me your gloves and during the skills competition i gave him my gloves so he's just like a great personality and like i think that you know i i just have a lot of respect for him brendan Dillon is like a huge beauty love that guy and you know what that surprisingly i well i don't know maybe surprising to some and to me i was kind of surprised best chirper on the team funniest guy was connor hellebuck i was like pleasantly surprised uh, it was such so great to see. And you know what? You got in there and it got close. And I mean, you kind of mentioned how weird last year was. I mean, listen, we were here every single day talking about it. It was incredibly disappointing. And that team didn't seem like it was having a lot of fun. Um, Bones from the day that he took over was trying to really rebuild that culture. And it is night and day. And I don't think anybody that is a Jets fan 
had a better front row seat to it than you from being around the team for a little bit. And I mean, it's showing on the ice right now as well, not to mention the great stuff the Jets are doing social media wise, showing off these guys. And I think really bringing in some of the fans that maybe had gotten a little iffy about the direction of the club over the last two seasons. Oh, like instantly the beginning of the year, because we did, we were at the car wash and instantly you just could feel like, okay, like these guys are a little more loose. Like things are, are, are feeling really light around here. And, you know, Bones made some big decisions when he came over. Like, obviously, like, what happened with our captaincy, like, that, you talk about me having stones. <laughs> that guy's got some stones. But, like, props to him. He had, you know, like, obviously, like, we're very thankful to Blake Wheeler for everything he's done for the organization. It goes without saying. Still that, playing like, his ass off for this team still, right now. Of, of course. Still playing his ass off. And, like, he has really always played his ass off. Like, this is a guy who, like, always puts oh. his heart into the team. And, maybe he maybe i don't know maybe wheels even reached a point where like it became just it's it's a lot being a captain for a long time and like a, a market like winnipeg where they care about hockey so much it's not exactly the easiest i, I wouldn't imagine i'd imagine it'd be pretty taxing uh, at times so you know. i have no idea i have no idea what you know uh, you know what's inside his head but i will say this and i've said it on the show a number of times the greatest demonstration of leadership this year has been how blake wheeler has handled what was presented to him at the beginning of the season and i think it's had a big big effect on the rest of the team allowing everyone to come up and you know you got a ton of leaders on this jess you know for your birth uh, now knowing it's your birthday it's too bad you weren't back here in the peg although i guess you will be able to see the game i started it off just the way you would have wanted to a great sal's breakfast reading up about the games oh my god remus has got the confetti in here now too for the birthday boy Did did you hammer a donut Dude, you know what? I didn't go with the donut. I had the uh, I had just my good old uh, homestyle special. Although I did consider potentially getting a red velvet for post show, but um, you know, listen, you can't go wrong. I'm I'm a reg at Pemben and Stafford, and uh, one of the great spots. And I know you always try and get Me back too, there when too I'm in while, town. while you're in town. Are you going to be at the game tonight? Is this where you're celebrating the birthday? Yeah, I'm going with five. I'm going with five of my buddies. Four of them are are like Winnipeggers who live in Toronto now. Like four. Um, oh, actually, one of my best friends came to town, and he's here right now. So we're gonna go the four of us, and then one of our other buddies is a Leafs fan here. So we were thinking it'd be it would have been hilarious if we painted our chats and it said "Go Jets," but like instead of the T, the guy's just wearing a, a Leafs jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. Well, I'll no. tell you what, do us a favor. You're killing on all the social channels, whether it's at jpoly22 on Twitter or on, what's your Instagram? Is it the same thing? Jesse Pollock 22. Jesse Pollock 22. Um, fire, fire some good content out in and around the game. And hopefully we will see around oh, 9.30 p.m. Winnipeg time, a big Jesse Pollock celebration They're walking out of that stadium, walking out of that sta- uh, that, uh, that arena after the game tonight. There'll be a post. Don't worry about it. Keep your eyes out for it. Hey, dude, happy birthday. Thanks for doing this. Enjoy the game tonight, and uh, let's get you back on soon as the Jets keep on continuing on this uh, really fun season so far. Sounds great, guys. Thanks for having me. Go Jets. Always, Appreciate always a treat. <laughs> let's go. Uh, the Jets' number one hype man, Jesse Pollock, a bar down with us as we get ready for tonight's big game. Uh, what a fun dude he is, and that was uh, great stuff to have him on the program. All right. Uh, we got to get to the cool bet lines. And as I mentioned, um, 
cooking up a little exclusive going head-to-head with Jake and Pat, the guys out in Southern Ontario. Uh, before we do that, big shout-out to Nick and Nikki. Maybe victory blizzards for the whole family after the game tonight. Just saying. Uh, a lot on the line this evening. Um, of course, they'll still be open after the game. The Nick and Nikki DQs open till 10 or 11, depending on where you are. Four locations. DQ Neverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polar Park, DQ St. Anne's. Uh, some great new Blizzard flavors, those amazing stack burgers, honey barbecue, chicken fingers, and more. They've got it all. And, of course, if you do want a ice cream cake or one of the Blizzard cakes for a party or an event coming up soon, hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. I'll get it ready for you. Quick and easy pickup at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. Big shout-out to Nick and Nicky for their support since day one of Winnipeg Sports Talk. And... Wherever you are, and though you might be tipping a couple tonight, make sure it's Little Brown Jug, Winnipeg's favorite local beer. And we've got a great Instagram contest that you've still got, what, a couple days, two days, so today and tomorrow to enter. This is what you need to do, folks, and you can win a $100 Little Brown gift card, uh, Little Brown uh, Jug gift card, four cases of bright water, 24 cans of each flavor, a tour of Little Brown Jug's Brewery for you and five friends, includes a beer flight and a tulip glass each, as well as a black Little Brown Jug t-shirt and a hat. All you need to do is go over to their Instagram post, Little Brown Jug Brewing, like the post, tag free three friends, Follow Little Brown Jug Brewing and Bright.Water on Instagram. And if you want, you can share the post to your story for an extra entry. All the details are there on the Little Brown Jug and White Brightwater giveaway. Just an awesome prize from our friends. Get on over that. Of course, pop down and check them out at the brewery. Uh, and you can also grab Brightwater there as well. Um, and you can go online to littlebrownjug.ca if you want citywide delivery. And I dropped this info yesterday on the program. Save the date, Wednesday, March 29th, the second edition of the very popular Winnipeg Sports Talk Sports Trivia Night at Little Brown Jug, hosted by yours truly, is going to get down on the 29th of March. Already curating questions for the big night. We'll let you know end of February or at the beginning of March on ticket information. Just we'll obviously have limited seating, much like we did last time. Uh, It'll be a ticket, which will include your first beer. And we'll look forward to seeing you then on the 29th of March. All right, let's get Remus in here. I didn't want to get to the cool bet lines before we've done. Um, I knew it was going to be fun to have Jesse on the program, and I knew he had to tone it down a little bit because his girlfriend was in a meeting in the next room. But I got to tell you what, I've been hyped all morning, I've been hyped all afternoon, and I cannot wait for this game tonight. And he was the perfect guy to have for our final guest today. Could not contain his excitement for what's going on on Ace here. I'm going to the game with some buddies uh, from Winnipeg. I'm, I don't know if the TSN cameras are going to find their way over to his seat uh, at some point. I'm, I'm not sure. Although it is, you know, when the Jets play the Leafs, they do bring out all the big guns for the joint TSN broadcast. I'm expecting full panel and uh, and post game. I'm assuming it's going to be on TSN uh, Toronto Regional. Anyways, but yeah, great talk with Jesse. Got even more hyped for the game, if that's even possible. And I could tell people are excited by how many uh, great people are in chat today. 
Awesome to see you hovering around 400 the whole show. And if you have, yeah, I know a few you took the day off yesterday because you yeah. were so bent about the Montreal game. It's great to see you back today. Uh, hit those thumbs up. We're getting close to 200, but we're pushing 400 in the chat. So please do hit that thumbs up. And hey, if uh, you're not usually around here, or you found us some other way, hit that red subscribe button and make sure you're with us on a daily basis. Helps us big time grow the channel. And, uh, great for you it's completely free and when you don't catch us live you'll be able to just fire up your youtube and the freshest latest wst content will be waiting there for you and of course if you just found us on youtube we're also available on all your podcast uh networks so wherever you get your favorite podcast type in winnipeg sports talk and if you can't catch the youtube you got the fresh audio content at your convenience as well all right let's get to the cool bet lines for today you know where we're starting. We're starting with this game tonight between the Winnipeg Jets and the Toronto Maple Leafs. And the Jets, not surprisingly, an underdog on the road. But I'll say this, Remo, plus 138 for Winnipeg. I, uh, you know, I know a lot. The Pope and some of the guys are saying Cool Bet's been selling the Jets short all year. That's great if you're betting on them. Um, I'm going to try not to mush the Jets by betting on them individually on this game, but if you do want to get at it, plus 138 for Winnipeg to win on the money line. The Leafs minus 163. The uh, total for the game is 6.5. You're actually getting plus money on the over. So if you think there'll be seven or more goals, plus 104 there. Um, and, of course, let's check out these goal lines. Who's going to light the lamp for Winnipeg tonight? Top of the list is Austin Matthews at plus 102. Then is William Nylander. Then is John Tavares. Explain to me, Remus, how John Tavares has a lower number than Kyle Connor. This is just a perfect example of what we've been talking about. You're asking me that? Sorry, my headphones fell. I dropped my mouse. Yeah, yeah I said makes makes sense of how John Tavares has a shorter goal number than KFC. Yeah, that that doesn't make sense. I'm only assuming because all the Leaf fans are hounding Cool Bet and betting it down. But Probably. yeah, Kyle, Kyle Connor should be up there. I mean, Nikolai Ehlers and Mark Shifley have been uh, pretty awesome. So I would probably lean one of those two for for Valley. Where's Cole Perfetti on here? Is he even? Do they even know he exists at Cool Bet plus five hundred? The, the score is uh, I don't want to say his hometown is from Whitby, but um, he does have. Too many family and friends at the game to count, Hustler, and plus 500 <laughs> to hey, score. If you like the homecoming narrative, finally doing something positive for the Winnipeg Jets, Schiefer Perfetti would be great. Now, Remo, we'll get to the other games in a second, but head over to the exclusives. As I mentioned, a little bit of a head-to-head matchup. Pat and Jake, big leaf guys in Toronto. Um, you know where my allegiances lie. So we've got two daily exclusives for this game tonight. The Kubit Daily Exclusive, Ride with Huss. Mark Shifley and Nikolai Ehlers, both to record a point. And the Winnipeg Jets to win is plus 450. And if you want to ride with Pat and Jake, Matthews and Nylander, both to record a point. And the Toronto Maple Leafs to win, plus 175. I know where the value is on that board, my friend. Yeah, well, Trifley and Ehlers, you know, playing together on the power play or they end up on the same line. I mean, you just need one goal there. And if you think the Jets are going to win, that's actually not not too bad. Uh, so maybe I'll ride with you. Who knows? Yeah, uh, I'm going to I'm going to be on that. Um, so plus 450, Ehlers and Shifley both record a point and Jets to win. 
That's the ride with Haas exclusive. And Pat and Jake's have the uh, Matthews and Nylander and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, they do have the old Grand Salami, if you will. Someone roars Canada scores. Jets, Leafs, Habs, Oilers to combine for 15-plus goals. That's plus 165. They got a tennis and a Raptors exclusive as well. So they're always really good lines, kind of juiced up a little bit. So make sure to check those when you're going at it. But anyways, back to the rest of the games in the league tonight. Wild and Hurricanes. Canes, a big minus 181 yep. favorite. That would be nice for the rest of the teams in the Central Division. Cool off the Wild a little bit. Blue Jackets, not favored too often at home. They're minus 158 favorites against the Ducks. Uh, you got Paul Maurice's Panthers. Maurice, if you just tuned in, 25 grand poorer after getting whacked by the NHL today for his comments post-game against the Leafs on his rivalry with Francois St. Laurent. Uh, Panthers are minus 258 in Montreal. And uh, Bruins and Rangers. Bruins are always favored, but this is very close to a pick I'm Interesting. If you like Boston, minus 113, not a bad number for the Bruins. Uh, Flyers minus 2-3-1 at home against the Blackhawks. That game won't be very good. Uh, we mentioned the Jets-Leafs game. We've also got Buffalo and the Islanders tonight. Buffalo minus 118 favorite at home. Um, big Central Division match between two teams that desperately need to keep winning. The Blues and Preds. Predators, a slight road favorite, minus 114 in St. Louis. Uh, Caps, minus 211 in Arizona to take on the Coyotes. Tampa and Edmonton. Tampa blowing out the Canucks last night. They're a slight underdog against Edmonton. Actually, I'm leaning Tampa. That might show up on my daily pick later on in the Cool Bet channels. Um, Jersey, minus 124 in Seattle against the Kraken, who have now lost two in a row after running the table on that eight-game roadie. Kraken plus 105 is a home dog. Detroit and Vegas. Vegas hasn't looked good in their last couple of games. They'll look to get back on it. Minus 170. And Dallas and the LA Kings. The Kings, minus 133. Dallas, of course, up 3 nothing last night. Lost 5-3 uh, to the San Jose Sharks. If you haven't played a cool bit before, use the promo code WST on your first deposit for a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks. I'm just counting this stream. It's what 13 games in the league tonight. Yes. Man, this is a very very busy night. Um the DraftKings lineups, we'll have plenty of options when you're uh, when you're picking your squad. Yeah, I'm going to have to take a second to, to look. One thing we didn't uh, mention in that Minnesota game, Matt Dumba Healthy scratched for this. Is this performance? Is there a trade to announce coming? Really? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what to make of the situation. Michael Russo being that he won't be in the lineup and a lot of speculation uh, on Twitter table, Matt Dumba. That, well, listen, that is surprising. I mean, he is just trying to think back. Let's go to. Yeah. Here. Uh, Dean Evison saying, according to Michael Russo on Twitter, uh, we had a good, real good meeting. He knows why he's sitting out tonight. And Michael M Michael Russo saying it's a hockey decision, not injury. And he's got a big article at The Athletic. Uh, why are they scratching him? What does it do to his trade value? So that's a name that could be on the block. Seemingly, Dumba's been on the block for the last couple of years. Uh, yeah, well, he's got an expiring contract at the end of the season. He's making $6 million. He is a player that I'm sure some other players, other teams would like. And you know, with the, I mean, the, they just gave 49 million bucks to Matt Boldy. Uh, they've got all that dead cap money 
the next couple of seasons, 14.7 million in 2023-2024 and 14.743 million in 2024-25. Um, so you knew that was going to affect Bill Guerin's ability to make a few me- uh, deals. So that'll be very interesting to see how that goes. That being said, normally he's a pretty important part of that Minnesota Wild blue line. So uh, I don't know. We'll we'll talk about that maybe a little bit tomorrow on the program. Um, all in all, though, Reem, we are about three hours from uh, from puck drop. Do you have any big plans for the game tonight? Um, watching it. You at never home. have big plans anymore. That's the. I was talking with Ezzy about how our lives have changed since having kids. And I was just like, yeah, I can't leave the house after 8 p.m. anymore. <laughs> what would you do if you were a single parent? Uh, do you think I don't you know. Could pull I, it off? I, what story? Do you think you could pull it off? Um, I think it's really hard, and I um, admire all the single parents out there doing it. Extremely difficult. Um, That's crazy. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm lucky, but you know, my parents are here. Um, I'm, you know, you do what you can. What you have to do. Uh, to make it work. So, uh, yes, I think I would be able to, but it doesn't mean it w- would be easy. No, that's right. Yeah, I guess I would. It you seems it. pretty intimidating even right now with what you're dealing with right now. Uh, and I, and I, I, get to, I get to experience this all vicariously mm-hmm. through Remus. Through Every day we get together, we're going through the show, talking what's going on, texting at night, and I'll be out at BP or whatever doing my thing, and... Hey, uh, sir, I've just got a PVR. Pause the game here for a bath. Don't don't text me and tell me yeah. what happens. We'll come back to it. Hey, you got to figure it out uh, one way or the other. Anyways, this is going to be a lot yeah. of fun, and tomorrow's show should be great too. Hopefully, talking about a big win tonight, I have a feeling that would be a hell of a way to go into a big weekend, uh, talking Jets, NFL playoffs, and more. Yeah, here we've got people here asking for, my jer- for some jersey uh, talk, Huss. Have you seen the latest? Before we go... The All-Star? The All-Star jerseys have leaked on Twitter. They're going to be officially announced. This is what Joe Mo is going to be wearing. Uh, here it is. They're based on the like late 90s Eastern and Western Conference jerseys. Here's the, Here they are. Um, you're going with the Miami Vice theme. I, the, I was just going to say, I could just hear the Miami Vice theme in the background. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there's the Eastern black with white bottom. That star trimmed, kind of like the Dallas Stars. I'm not, you know, I like this style. I'm not like a huge fan, but I'm happy that they brought this style All-Star jersey back. I have in the background here, I got the purple Western Conference, you know, Owen Nolan. Oh, yeah, that's right. Top right behind Remus's head. Yeah, and then here's the West. So I don't know if, and there's only East and West. Normally they have, you know, four jerseys, one for each division. Um, Like, I'm not crazy about the Miami Vice colors, but I do love... This style, so I'm. Oh, the colors I, are cool. I mean, you know what? It's in Miami. You know, you kind of want to show off a mm-hmm. little bit of the uh, of the host city, and certainly that would be connected with it. Although I will say this, I love the Panthers uh, retro reverse jersey yes, this year. They're my number. I thought one. it was one of the coolest, and I was thought that maybe they'd go with that sort of a theme for them. But uh, honestly, All Star jerseys are very low on my list when it comes to, you know, I mean, we just see them for one weekend and then they're gone. So don't care too, too much. But uh, I'll tell you what, I w- I'm looking forward to seeing Josh Morrissey and hopefully another jet or two once we get final results of the voting. I know there's a big push that many of you were on for Connor Hellebuck and Hellebuck said he really wanted to be there. So 
certainly deserves to be there. I hope that he will be, and we'll find out whether Josh will have any company going to the All-Star game, I'd imagine, over the course of the next uh, couple days. Yeah, and a couple other, yeah, first of all, I do want to know who it's going to be, and I do like, you know, maybe don't like the All-Star jerseys because they haven't been that great the last couple of years. Um, I feel like there's one that was like gray and white. They were so bland. There was no color in them. So nice to see some color back in these. We do have a couple new third jerseys, Huss. I got to weigh in on these. People have been asking me, uh, running man in chat. Here's the Arizona third jersey. Yeah, these are a thumbs down for me. They're just one solid color with some Tetris-looking pattern at the bottom. I'm really not a fan of jer- of hockey jerseys with name logos across the chest. There's just nothing. There's nothing going on here, Hustler, on this Arizona Coyotes third jersey. They got they could do way better than this. Like the reverse retro before was awesome. Um, I like how they brought back the Kachina. Like they went away from this color scheme because it sucked and brought back the uh, you know '96 OG jersey. So these are these are a no for me. And. Here, the Vancouver Canucks debuted their new updated skate logo jerseys. Shout out to sports, uh, sportslogos.net. They switched up the original jersey and made it worse, so I don't like what they did. Um, they got this little gap here. They took the white out of the logo. Um, they're using the current number font instead of the original number font, which is a big L for me. That's why the Jets' reverse retros are so good, because they're using the original number font. So I don't like what the, I don't like what the Canucks did, but I do like the original. 90s I hated state. those jerseys in the 90s, and I hate them today. And I, you probably couldn't have done anything with that skate logo jersey to make me like it, considering how I just think back to those series against Jim Sandlack and Sergio Mameso and all those. I'm still pissed off we blew a 3-1 lead to them as well. So I don't know. That's probably something that's just in the back of my head based on PTSD of being a young hockey fan in Winnipeg. It was nice, though. I watched the Canucks Lightning game. Um, they did wear the original ones honoring Gino Ojic. Yeah, that was before, cool. Before the game, which was pretty cool. And also, uh, Steven Stamkos uh, scored his 500th goal. An incredible accomplishment. Had a hat trick last night. And actually, has during the game, they, you know, he met during the uh, game intermission interview, and he mentioned how they gave him such a good reception because they're Canadian fans and, uh, you know, they know hockey. They're like, well, do you have any other favorite goals? He's like, you know, I've scored 50, 60 goals. Sometimes nice to do it in a city where it's Canadian. And they know the accomplishment. We all remember he scored number 60 here. And I was uh, at that game. That was the last game yes. of the season in, was it year one or year two? I think it was, yeah, it might have been year one. But yeah, he scored six, a huge ovation. You don't see that too often. But I mean, that guy's an all-time player. 500 goals. What an accomplishment. So that was nice. Uh, nice to see yesterday in terms of hockey history. Yeah, well, 200 goals for KFC. He'll be looking for 201 tonight, and uh, the Winnipeg Jets will be looking for win number 30 on the season. Connor Hellebuck gets the start. Some new-look lines for Bones as his squad going into tonight, as we hear from the head coach. We'll see how long they last. Uh, that being said, can't wait to see what happens tonight. Certainly will look for a much better performance from the club than what we saw on Tuesday. And that's been pretty much the MO all year long, bouncing back from a poor game with a string of solid play. They'll need it tonight to beat a very good Toronto Maple Leafs team. Thank you to all of you for uh, making WST a part of your day. Thanks to our guests, John Mattis, Brandon Rowicki, Jesse Pollock. Tomorrow, big show. 
Weeb's World, Ken Weeb, with uh, his thoughts on tonight's game and a look ahead to a busy weekend for the Jets in Ottawa and Philly. Scott Billick's going to pop by. And, hey, it's divisional playoff weekend in the NFL. You know that means a visit from Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Gang, thanks so much for being with us. Enjoy the game tonight. Go Jets, go. We'll see you tomorrow on WST. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com. 